Howdy, Yokes. Ethan here. We apologize real quickly for the technical delay on this week's episode. We're gonna have an episode coming up on Saturday, but as of right now, you're hearing an old fan favorite, and the reason for that is I'm coming to you from my hotel room in the Florida Keys, and yesterday we had a power outage on the island. They made us think it was gonna be a little sketchy to try to record the episode with Wi-Fi going in and out. It was outage all the way up to Marathon Key, so we had some problems, as well as we thought yesterday might have been the day in which we met the newest member of our little team here, Tyler's daughter. Anyway, we were not able to get our episode recorded in time, and therefore, we are releasing an old episode, and we're going to be putting a new episode up on Saturday. So look forward to Saturday, and in the meantime, enjoy Star Wars A New Hope with Carrie Pegg from Nerdium, a fan favorite. Howdy, Oaks. Before we get started, today we just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by you. We want to build this thing to be as big as it can be. More episodes, merchandise, events, giveaways, you name it. But we can't do it alone. If you enjoy this episode or any of our episodes, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash bacon and eggs. And consider checking out some of the great reward tiers we've set up over there or making a donation of any kind. We want to keep this podcast free and available for everyone. So if you have a couple of bucks to spare, anything goes a long way. And we can really use your help to make this podcast the best it possibly can be. So thank you for donating and thank you even more for listening. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm still Ethan that chill. And we're coming to you once again from a long, long time ago. In a galaxy far, far away. So grab your dad's lightsaber. And forget you ever owned a droid. We've got a special guest today. For the adventures of Luke Starkiller as taken from the Journal of the Wills, Saga 1, The Star Wars. Star Wars Episode 4, New Hope. And joining us, joining us for the first time on Bacon and Eggs is Carrie Pegg from Nerdium Podcast. Carrie, who, uh, who are you? Uh, well, I would be one of two co-hosts, co-hosts of uh, Nerdium. Uh, me and my uh, buddy Matt, we like to get together and talk about all things nerd. You know, TV, movies, video games, all the kind of stuff that we were uh, ridiculed in high school for, basically. Same, same, for sure. Beautiful. Tyler, you said re- first time ever on Bacon and Eggs as if we've had a repeat guest. <laughs> we, we, I guess we have not. You've been on the show a few times, Ethan. Actually, I guess... You're the most consistent yeah, cast member. I, I've been on every episode. I missed I missed one. Um, well, Carrie, we're super, super happy to have you here. We're going to ask you a couple basic interview questions here in just a minute. Um, but first, let's go over some stats on Star Wars A New Hope. I find there's an inverse relationship on our uh, all-time board with when the movie was released and where it stacks up. For the most. Basically, if we do older movies, they tend to rank higher. And I don't think it's because they mo- used to make movies better. I think it's because we pick and choose from like a range of 30 years of movies the best possible ones. Well, that, and don't you find that looking in the past, you kind of got those rosy glasses going on when you're looking in the back there? Absolutely. You completely look past some of the stupid stuff in this movie. I mean, I, I forgive a lot of stuff for for long-time movies. Well, like, like even in this movie, it, by the way, this is obviously a spoiler show. This movie is 15,000 days old, so I'm not going to feel bad about it. Uh, uh, but like in uh, one of the big complaints for the last Jedi is that like physics doesn't work that way in outer space, but nobody's watching this movie. Like, well, if you bumped into Darth Vader, he wouldn't go spiraling off like that. Well, the, well, the one thing that kills me, like when you, when you move into like the physics of movies, like I got to tell you, there's not too many movies where I've ever seen and been like, you know what? That science is spot on, spot right. on science. Good for <laughs> you. Well done, science fiction. I think it's like <laughs> really spot on the science. <laughs> it's like the Martian and that's it. 
The Martian, there's no gravity problems. What are you talking about? In the book, the gravity on Mars is not as strong. Right. I'm not seeing so, a problem here. In the, mo <laughs> in the movie, he just walks around like it's a normal planet. He does that on... It's it's not like that much not strong. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, this movie was released May 25th, 1977. That was 15,064 days ago. Uh, Way, way before Ethan and I was, was alive. Way before. Way before. Uh, now, now. Let's not make you feel too old on this one. That's, that's really not appreciated. <laughs> Uh, but it had, uh, I guess, an $11 million budget, uh, which is, it seems low. Um, so these are original, this time, I just, to, to, to point out the contrast here, because I couldn't find an accurate uh, inflation budget figure. Okay. Um, I just went with the original figure. So it was, it cost $11 million to make, and its worldwide gross was $775.3 million. That was in 1977 dollars? That was in 1977 dollars. That's so much money. <laughs> yeah, inflation figures put it about $2.2 billion. Just like people paying for tickets to see this movie. Yes, worldwide gross domestic or worldwide gross box office dollars. So people paying that, for tickets to buy the movie. That is insane. But people did love it. Uh, I got a 93% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, 96% audience rating, and a 90 on Metacritic, which is not our best. Second movie. best. Second best. Second best. Mm. Second best. Uh, it it was beaten out, carried by a, a Monty Python and the Holy Grail last week. Oh, uh, that is that is a solid movie, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't argue. You know, that. I, yeah. just, I got a ninety three on. I'm, I'm not I'm not going to get all up in arms about that one. Yeah. So normally I, I have a negative review for these movies, and well, not normally. Recently, I've had a negative review for these movies, but I read six or seven negative reviews on this movie, and none of them are any good uh, because they were all written in approximately 2014 by people who essentially just said it's not as good as my dad. Dad said it was. <laughs> oh, those people. So, uh, from what I can gather, <laughs> is nobody's ever had anything bad to say about this movie that didn't just steal their opinion from someone else. I I definitely have a negative opinion, but it's more on what not not necessarily the movie that was made. It's what came later on in the '90s when we started to uh, when we when uh, Lucas decided to go back and start tinkering and playing around. It, it kind of that kind of miffed me. But all in all, I don't have the, the the original shot of it all. I have no negative opinion on. Are you talking about like the the, the re-releases yeah, re with the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that that all started up when like I was in the the prime of my life in the '90s, and I remember uh, actually up until you guys reached out to do this review, I had never seen the actual remaster uh, with all the extra little bits and pieces until a couple of days ago. Uh, I had seen the remaster for Empire, seen the remaster for uh, Return of the Jedi, but never um, never New Hope. It's just so I hard don't... to get the original cut anymore. Is the problem uh, due to my age and elderly status? I don't. I had a bunch of VHS tapes kicking. Yeah, around. I mean, I've got VHS tapes of it, but I don't think we have DVDs. Anymore aware of the I don't, original trilogy well and you i don't have a vhs player like, that would be my problem <laughs> i don't think anybody does anymore right like that would be a whole other thing to track i mean i'm sure i could go on amazon right now and just google it or search it and buy one um but i do have i mean there are endless positive reviews of the of this movie um you know just picking one little tidbit out of here the the top critic reviews on rotten tomatoes joseph gelmas from newsday back in 2017 says i haven't had as much fun at a movie in years with its technical wizardry high velocity storytelling and spirited good humor star wars dazzles the child in us uh which is you know i mean i don't think that any of these writers are gonna say anything that uh that hasn't already been said a million times and that we're gonna say over and over again so that's uh that's basically what the positive reviews are looking like but all in all this is you know the kickoff to 
the greatest film franchise of all time. You could say what you want about the prequels, you could say what you want about the sequels, it's still the biggest and baddest films franchise ever. It's still freaking Star Wars. It, it is still very much the juggernaut that it was back in the 80s and the 90s and, and still continues today. Like, and this movie's so good. I loved it. It is good. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about your background with Star Wars. Uh, so, uh, The New Hope was like the first uh, foray into all things like science fiction for me. I uh, remember I was... Uh, Shoot, I had to be four or five, and my grandfather sat me down. He's like, we're going to watch a movie. You're going to like it. I'm like, oh, sure. <laughs> yes, okay. sir. Yeah, man, why not, right? Like, <laughs> you know, who, who am I to argue with you? <laughs> and uh, ju- just from the get-go, like, just that that blasting fanfare right before the scrolling text, all that sort of, like, I was at the edge of my seat from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was hooked from the get-go, and uh, I've, I don't know how many times I've seen the original trilogy, uh, either as a kid or a teenager, even as an adult. Uh, when my son learns to sit down for more than five seconds, I'm going to strap him down and make sure he watches all of them. Right. But like, it, it really was the first, I guess as a kid, like one of the first real obsessions, right? Like you got you got the franchises that you just glue yourself to. Star Wars had to be the first one for me. Oh, yeah. I think, uh, I think it's the same for me. Like I remember... I don't remember a time in my life where Star Wars wasn't, like, something you were interested in. Like, I was... Before I understood what was going on in the movies, I remember I was collecting the toys. And, like, just going all in on being interested in it. And then... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I had toys for Star Wars before I'd ever even seen the movies. Because it's so good. <laughs> the toy, Carrie, can I ask you how old you are? Or is that, like... Is that? Oh, no, I... At, at a certain time in my life, I stopped giving up about worrying about that stuff. I'm I'm 36. Gotcha. So I, I was born in 81, so, like, right, right at the peak of the fervor of the original trilogy right it was a tacky time you didn't miss you didn't miss a whole lot <laughs> you know we did just review I, ready player one last night the the love story to the 80s so yeah yeah we we uh we here at nerdium have a tragic story about trying to get to the theater to see that and then not having to see it and then getting stuck watching pacific rim 2 instead was that any good oh, gosh uh you know it's man it's it's a movie about monsters beating up giant robots that it is what it is man like I mean, if if you it's it's a movie where if you look at the movie poster you know the plot from beginning to end. Is but it like, it, it's 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 a fun popcorn movie. I feel like all the previews I've seen it's exactly like every episode of Power Rangers where it's like we've got the robots and we're fighting the giant monsters and we beat the giant monsters but then the giant monsters come back even bigger and now we yeah. got to find a way to fight the bigger one. That that's not an unfair assessment <laughs> as to some of the the major plot points of the movie. <laughs> But it, it's it's a good uh, it's a good sequel to to a fun movie. Like if you like movies like Godzilla and like the big rock'em sock'em sort of, I'm just going to turn my brain off. I'm not going to worry about the the script writing in this. I'm not going to worry about anything. But just I just want a uh, a visual and audio feast for a little while. That's that's what you're going to get for that movie. Well, that's good. I feel like there are ways to do that wrong, though. Like, like, yeah, we can just turn our brains off. But, like, the first Transformers movie is totally watchable. The last <laughs> Transformers movie, terrible. Yeah, that's 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 not unfair. Like, I... It, okay, that, with that being said, I had more fun during the first one. But that's because the first one was brand new and I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. In, in the second go-around, you know what the Jaegers are. You know what the Kaiju are. You kind of you understand the, the world that they live in. So it's not as new. You don't have that, that sheen you know that you can get off of off of watching a new franchise start but right. it's it's not a bad movie man like it's, it's it's a good big screen movie if you have the money to throw away the ticket well and i think it's it's a it's properly ambitious because it's not often we get new franchises with almost no source material like ever yeah, anymore exactly you, know? you don't see a lot of new movies no um you know even like because the first Ready one player one is a book the first one know? came out like, like what five years ago 
something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. we were in college. It was. Saw it with it wasn't bad. Yeah, it, it it's a like it's a good fun movie. Like it's it's nice. It's different. The sequel is it it's good on a big screen. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but. You know, if I if given the choice between paying full price to see that or waiting for it to come on Netflix, uh, you'd probably be happier waiting for it to come on Netflix. Fair enough. Fair enough. Seems like a fair assessment. So, what do you think of Star Wars the, this this time? <laughs> I'm just so, so excited to talk about this movie. Sorry. So this time around, I I loved it just as much as I loved it when I was a kid, man. It, it, it ages so well. It does. You, Shockingly well, yeah. All things considered, you just automatically forgive a lot of things. Just but the, like the, you're, you're like oh man Star Wars like the, the the crawl happens and it's like a good crawl this time instead of like you know talking about <laughs> turmoil in the Galactic Senate <laughs> and you just hear that bang, no, I, and you're like oh my god it's happening <laughs> it was uh, like when I was making my notes I just kind of had it like a, ah it's like slipping into like that nice pair of slippers you have at home they're just there waiting for you they're just the right fit they're the right comfort you just feel at home when that when all that starts up oh yeah it just it felt like because we just we just reviewed all the prequels and Rogue One, and so it felt like coming home I after a long is, journey. Yeah, it's like, this is <laughs> I where I did. belong. I, I told Tyler this is how we're going to feel, because he's a prequel apologist. He loves the prequels more than he'll, he's willing to admit, and I'm just like, just wait till we get to like a good movie again. <laughs> We did, I mean, Ready Player One was a good movie, so that was, and so was, I mean, we also just did uh, Monty Python, which was a great movie. Yeah, Monty uh, Python's always good to go through. Yeah, that was a good break. Um, but yeah, I, I also am a, a bit of a prequels apologist, but I, I think I know it's a guilty pleasure. Like, I think I'm watching it and I'm like, I love this, but I understand that everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the reasons I love this are the reasons everyone else hates it, right? <laughs> like, I can find things in the prequels that I enjoy, and I can watch the prequels and not be as violently ill as most people are about it but they're they're still trash compared to the original trilogy oh absolutely but i mean again it's like it is still star wars like there are lightsabers and jedi darth vader's in one of them you know that's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) oh look there there's there's goes darth vader awesome yay darth vader yay darth vader Fan service. <laughs> Blue milk. Yeah, man, I that was that was an uncomfortable scene for me. I don't I don't know why. It just felt really uncomfortable when he did that. <laughs> he was just so angry about it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I work out in the country where there's a lot of farms. If I ever had a farmer milk a cow and then just like dead glare me while he drank the unpasteurized milk, <laughs> I, I I would just walk away. <laughs> Like, excuse me, sir. No more job. Just, just walk away. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to see myself out. There's, there's no need for me to be here. I'm out here. <laughs> That's the best oh. way I've heard that, that whole scene described so far. Because <laughs> a lot of people have been able to sort of express their discomfort. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So... I'm going to bring it up ahead of time. Um, immediately in this movie, we get the issue of the stormtroopers. In that the stormtroopers walk out of the ship and just murder everyone. And they're, like, so good at shooting things. For Yeah, for, like, the first 30 seconds, they're good at shooting Why things. Why can't they hit anybody after that? <laughs> because, Ethan, everybody knows this. Vader told them not to hit anybody. Vader wants him to win. He's using his force powers because he's the chosen one. Luke's his son. That's the yeah, whole but, thing. But at that point in time, at the beginning of the movie, Luke is, is nowhere on the ship, and he knows Luke is not on the ship. He's, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's clearly not there is. for Luke, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. But by, by the way he lectured her like an angry manager at McDonald's to the fry cook, <laughs> I'm not sure he was too concerned about it. I mean, I... Uh... He uses the probe, and he, like, sort of protects her. He's like, wait, wait, don't kill her. We could find another use for her. Anything else? 
That sounds like an inappropriate comment for a father to be be making at his daughter. I I mean, you could be you could see it that way. I, I did see it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking maybe like we could use her for as a ransom or something. But I guess the creepy dad thing—that's one way to look at it. <laughs> but he doesn't know that's her. His daughter doesn't. I don't think so. I, he but, doesn't know he had twins, does yeah. he? Yeah. Doesn't he um, really just kind of bring that up to Luke though in uh, Return of the Jedi when when Luke is refusing to turn over the dark side? Like, isn't that what sets Luke off in like one of the final battles? It's it's very possible that that is my Return of the Jedi knowledge is probably my weakest Star Wars knowledge. I'll be a hundred percent honest. I, oh, I'm just trying to remember when he, when when Luke won't turn back and may, maybe he he mentioned something like maybe your sister or some something like that. But uh, during this movie. Uh, Luke and Leia, if, if you're an old man like me, clearly don't know their brother and sister yet. Uh, until no, George she's... Lucas came along and, and cleaned up that little scene. Yeah. yeah, he was like, well, they were kissing and they had licked her a little uh, little peck on the cheek in this movie. And I was like, ooh, sucky, sucky. Well, it's a little peck on the cheek in this edition of the movie. In my edition of the movie, it's a full on like, what's up? I'm going to call what? you when this is all over. <laughs> yeah, I have seen the original scene. Well, that happens scene. in... Uh... That happens in, uh, what's it called as well, where they give a real kiss. I will say Empire is the, it's just a, oh, it's terrible what they did with the, with the special effects after the fact. Yeah. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. I, uh, I, I had a hard time with it, but uh, again, the, the whole idea of Lucas going back and then like, oh, well, the technology wasn't there when, when I originally made it, but now I want to go back and just make this, this beautiful thing. It's like, man. Could you imagine if every director that's ever made, like, a huge movie decided, hey, the technology wasn't there, so now I'm just going to go back and just redo everything? I mean, Titanic would have been nuts. Well, I'm just you know? I'm just imagining <laughs> I'm imagining Peter Jackson going back to Lord of the Rings and being like, mm, nope, that was good. Yep. Yeah. I did not I'll, that one up. Right? I'm pretty pleased with how that one came out. <laughs> I f***ed up the later Peter, ones. are you going to redo the movies? No. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, so this is the first time I've, like, watched this movie critically to try to, like, you know, obviously I tried to pick out flaws in it and stuff, so I found a few that I can overlook, but this movie's pretty bad on the canon, uh, which proves to me that George Lucas as, is a liar in that he's like, I had the whole thing planned out. No, you didn't. No, that, no. I, I remember reading him on that statement and just, like, calling BS, like, right then and there. You wouldn't, you well, wouldn't have like, had Luke and Leia making out. Uh... Right. Obi-Wan would have never said the line about it. I can't recall ever having a droid. Right. He wouldn't look at R2-D2 and be like, what's that? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I've never seen an astromech before. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think he did plan out the hello there thing, though. That must have been on (laughs) (laughs) purpose. I busted out laughing when Obi-Wan Kenobi's first line in this movie was, hello there. (laughs) I mean, you know, he's a gentleman. You say hello first. (laughs) Just talking to a droid. It's just it's been so overplayed with the with the prequel scene with General <laughs> Grievous, and it, it just it completely taken out of context. In that, like, it's a thing that he says to droids. Apparently, it's canon. Right. The, the, the thing, the funny thing about it all being canon and all that jazz is, aside from the prequels that suddenly gave R two D two rocket boosters up his <laughs> and everything in between. Like you, you would think that by from. Anakin being uh, uh, a little kid on Tatooine building his own protocol droid. And then in the opening sequence of A New Hope, you see C-3PO and R2-D2 running around, and then there's another protocol droid coming in behind them, and there's no improvement on technology. It is the exact same. And we're looking at like 30 years difference between the two events, roughly, 30, 40 years. Well, I think that's the. I think that's actually intentional. This is where I sort of see some of the genius of Star Wars, and I've talked about this before because the protocol droid that Anakin builds is the same as the one that is on the ship at the beginning of the Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's like built from a yeah. kit. 
like right um and the fact that the technology hasn't advanced i think shows the oppression of the empire more than anything else because like at the end of revenge of the sith there's some sweet technology going on in that universe like the senate's got these big floaty chairs and everything and there's all this cool data and there's battle droids and all this stuff and then by the time we get to a new hope it's like they are using like touch it light boards like what are those things called from the 90s you light, put the pegs in and they light, light up brights? light brights oh, light brights yeah they're using light brights to plan out attacks you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's part of the reason. Because if the Empire isn't oppressive in any way, then they're not really villains. And the Rebellion is just a rebellion. So, you know? Yeah. So, Phantom Menace takes place, what, 28 years before Battle of Yavin? Something like that? 30 years? Yeah, I don't sure. know. Sure. Yeah, so... BBY is a, a very strange concept to me. <laughs> I was led to believe that that was, like, the height of technology in the in the, in the the day. I believe it, man. That Nubian Starfighter was sweet. It was all chrome. Yeah. Mm. So I'm saying is, like, the war broke out then, and it progressively got worse. There was the trade blockades. That can't have helped. You know, everything like that. I don't know. It makes sense to me. I'm, I'm cool with it. It was a good way to kind of play everything backwards, because obviously they didn't have the technology in 1977 they did in 1999 to make all that stuff yeah but okay ethan i hear you there but in 2017 we got a pretty good look at what it could have looked like in 1999 if you just didn't do the old like the upgraded technology you know what i'm saying like that's because rogue one and and them look like the original trilogy agreed yeah they're compensating for the mistakes that george lucas made in the late 90s So, so many mistakes. And like every, this whole, this whole franchise has just been cleaning up after George Lucas's mistakes. That's because George Lucas had the world's best idea and was not the best person for right. it. Right. But, but that, and, and then on the other hand too, you also have like all of us, especially if you're, your first foray into Star Wars is like the, the original trilogy. Uh, it's, it's like you, you cling on to that, that emotion and that feeling you had the first time you went through the trilogy. Like this was it. This was your life. This is where it was going to be for you. Uh, Anybody to do anything after is uh, you're going to look at it with a different set of eyes and you're going to want to you're going to go hunting for that emotion that you first found it. And it's probably not going to be there because you're not a little kid watching a lightsaber battle for the first time. Oh, you know, like, like, yeah, there there, there is always that, you know, you're not going to have that same hard hitting emotion you got the first time you saw Star Wars that that made us all latch on to the franchise. I I completely agree. I mean, I I, go ahead. George Lucas collectively wrote. Like, there was sci-fi before Star Wars, but George Lucas wrote all of that out of history. Like, no, nobody thinks about the, the, the pre-Star Wars time as being a time where there was science fiction. I don't think about the 60s at all. But, like... I can't say I was around for any of it, so I didn't I really don't worry about it too much. That's, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It's I, like, this is... I will say this. As far as integration with films since the original trilogy, and I didn't think I was going to say this, but because we just did it... Like, I accidentally figured this out for myself. I think if you're going to introduce someone to Star Wars who's never been a part of it before, and you're going to say, listen, there are nine of these movies, okay? You have to, if you start, and and two of the newer ones are very, very good, right? You need to see what the fast-paced version of this looks like and what the original trilogy of the version of this looks like. So what we're going to do, and I I can't believe I'm saying this, I think you should start with Rogue One. Because the Rogue One A New Hope story is so connected. Like, they talk about, like, everything with Leia is about the droids, is about the, you know, everything is about those Death Star plans from the data packs. And if you watch Rogue One straight into A New Hope, it really, I think it really connects well. And it's and it gives a viewer who's not as familiar with Star Wars, like a trial movie that's good enough that, you know, I think can hook somebody into the series and then 
gives them a new hope which is just amazing and it doesn't spoil the reveals in empire and it doesn't you know it, it, it's not a bad thing it's like a replacement for the prequels you can start with rogue one into a new hope and then you go from there five six one two three seven eight no that wouldn't be a bad idea like that that would be a pretty good way of, of slowly getting somebody in there without them uh, being being too lost in the weeds well yeah and i think the other thing that's great about i don't know how i got stuck on rogue one but i think one of the good things about rogue one is that all the characters do die so you know if you introduce somebody to star wars and you're like like you almost get a second chance if they're like i didn't like that movie it's like well no problem because they're all dead let's try again with with the new Don't worry. they're wiped they're not coming back <laughs> yeah you don't have to worry about any of them their character arcs were stupid i agree let's move on <laughs> <laughs> but if they did like it you're like i know isn't star wars the best <laughs> so that's yeah, i mean it's it, it's a good way to hit the ground running yeah, that that's my two cents because because you don't like if if you're not familiar mm. with late seventies and eighties cinema like if you're not a person who watches that and naturally enjoys it or naturally gets sucked into it I think you have a hard time watching Star Wars. Would I, do you agree? Do you disagree? Uh, I, I, I don't disagree. know because I think Star Wars kind of stands alone on its own. Like like eighty cinema uh, could be a real dumpster fire, but uh, Star Wars was like its own. I, I I I really don't have too many words to put. It. I mean, the, the, it was just its own thing. Like it doesn't. You can't grab a bunch of movies from the 80s and then put them beside Star Wars and be like, these are great movies. You know, this is what the 80s represents. Star Wars, uh, to me, always seemed like it represented its own thing. I can I can jive with that. I wasn't there for the 80s, so I don't. I was not there. Well, that's what I was getting to earlier. Like, this is year zero, essentially, for, for sci-fi. It's like, everything that was before this happened before Star Wars. Everything after has happened after Star Wars and has thus been compared to Star Wars. So, from, like, my standpoint... The science fiction that I was shown prior to Star Wars, um, like my, my, my granddad was a huge movie buff, so uh, it was a lot of movies from like the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, so the science fiction for me was like the weird B-movies, you know, giant radioactive monsters or the Fantastic Voyage or uh, Mission to the Moon, like all these really weird science... But it was like weird, campy science fiction. It wasn't like... Oh, yeah. Uh, it wasn't like serious drama. There's there, There's some stuff about to hit the fan. It was just like, ah, we're going to build a ladder to the moon because it's the 50s and why the hell not? Uh, so it, it really, you're, you're not wrong to say science fiction before Star Wars wasn't much. Now, what is your take on science fiction immediately following Star Wars? Like, what it, how, what are your views on Back to the Future? Uh, I, I love Back to the Future. That's right. Welcome to, but welcome I... <laughs> to Bacon and Eggs. Welcome to Bacon and Eggs. <laughs> But like, uh, sci- like science fiction as a genre to me, there's there's all kinds of stuff that I can pick and choose from science fiction that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got into Battlestar Galactica. I never got into Firefly, which apparently is is just tantamount to to saying the Lord's name in vain. Apparently, to some people, well, uh, we I, we also have not gotten into. It. I watched I watched Firefly. I thought it was a dumpster fire. I did, couldn't yeah, I really? couldn't care less about Firefly, and it's right. But, so you're you're in good company here. I don't think Ty's seen it. Yeah, right. So, but no, but no. like, but then like uh, some something like Star Trek is there and I loved Star Trek you know what I mean but it's mm-hmm. it, it's two different brands of space science fiction action adventure sort of thing but they they, they stand alone on you know they, they can stand by themselves right right and 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 that's the thing is like Star Trek has had to come up against or under fire like from Star Wars even though Star Wars came out what 11 years later Star Trek was 65 66 something along something those like, lines yeah and, and, had, and really only for a couple of seasons right but you had you know 2001 uh come out came out in 68 movies like that uh, War of the Worlds was like 1950 so like it yeah, was there this dramatic science fiction it, was there and it's just been forgotten it, 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 it's all pretty like it's all solid science fiction you just have to uh, I, I know a lot of people that I that'll come over and be like oh, i want to watch you know some weird movie and i'm like all right i'll, I'll put on some really crazy science fiction from like back in the day 
they have a hard time watching it because one, the special effects are just horrendous. <laughs> they're they're either super horrendous or they're really super super practical, and you know they're not as pretty, right? <laughs> it's, it can be hard to watch if you don't have that wherewithal to be like, hey, I really want to experience what science fiction looked like. If you want to experience what science fiction looked like looked like back then, go watch like the 1951, The Day the Earth Stood Still. It's awful. It's a great movie, but the the special effects are so terrible. Yeah, I mean, there's, just, there's so many movies with terrible special effects. N- this movie has terrible special no, effects. No, this this movie has great special effects compared to everything before it. I think before I really got into movies and started understanding special effects, the special effects for this at the time, and, and this is like the early '80s, was was mind-boggling for me. You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was seeing, and and then when I, when I got older, I of course found out how they did it. But then it was like, man, uh, just insane. Well, the special effects well, in this movie were as good, if not better, than Back to the Future, which came out eight years later. There was not one DeLorean in this movie. How could they be better? <laughs> there was a Death Star. <laughs> there was a Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Um, Tra- trade a new DeLorean for Millennium Falcon. Call it a day. I mean, right. it's, it's a fairsy trade. Right. <laughs> um, but this is something that I was actually thinking about when I was watching it. And I don't. I, I was very young when I saw the original releases, so I I could be mistaken on this. But when he's in the targeting computer and it's got the little like vector graphic sort of in the Millennium Falcon while they're taking on the Tie Fighters, and you can sort of like vector graphic your way around. That's incredibly like advanced when you consider that like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred was released in nineteen seventy seven, the same year, and like didn't even sell. And like games from the Atari Twenty Six Hundred were impossibly like lame bad awful you know there was no graphic whatsoever um and like just the way that they were able to do that and it looked so seamless and it looked so natural i thought that was uh really really interesting that's just something i'd like to point out yeah no that's that that's a good point like i remember i remember playing a, a 2600 and you're right the, the graphics from from the targeting computer are way better than what you would ever find and even in, in half the arcade games that would be kicking around uh, at that time as well mm-hmm. for sure it looks like tempest I want to get me an Atari 2600. I just, uh, I, I'm now because you said it, I'm doing research on the Atari 2600. <laughs> Apparently, it came out when it was released. It was $200 in 1977, which is apparently equivalent to $800 in today's money. Ooh. Well, currently, Ooh. you can get an Atari 2600 for on eBay. It looks like for uh, refurbished for $129. I have an Atari that your wife bought me. I know. I'm so jealous. I got a Sega Genesis. I already owned one of those. Did you just say you have an Atari his wife bought you? (laughs) I mean, it's like... That sounds oddly combative. It's like the the, the, classic... You know they've been doing like the NES Classic and whatever. It's the Atari version of that. Um, so it does. It just had a bunch of games built into it. Isn't, isn't that the one that they were selling? Like it, like um, you know, like JC Penny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is just the weird like big box stores where it's just like buy some pillows over there and uh, an Atari Twenty Six Hundred over there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I that's love exactly it. What so it's, like. it's it's great. I played Space Invaders the other day. I was playing Space Invaders the other day. I very rarely on classic video games do I revisit them as an adult and I'm just naturally better at them. It turns out they just really were very hard and. Seven-year-old me wasn't just. Oh, I was. Bad I was watching Ray Player One. You know, I was watching Wade play Adventure like it was nothing, and I play Adventure and I get wrecked in thirty seconds. Yeah, Adventure. They're like, hard. yeah, just go left oh. and find the secret screen. I'm like, secret screen. There's enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta kill stuff. Uh, the the whole finding the the Easter egg in Adventure takes about thirteen minutes, so they kind of. So up. watching this movie reminded me of nothing more than how much I don't like C three PO. 
And I'm sorry if was that it, offends anybody. Was it you in in the in uh, I guess you guys were talking about episode three that said Anthony Daniels or whoever the hell plays C three PO was it? Yes, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that, that, that is that is a backed up fact. Like this is a real thing. Nobody likes Anthony Daniels. Like, everybody hated working with him. I think he was probably the only member of the cast that didn't f*** Carrie Fisher. Naughty. Oh, now, now. Uh, this, don't, don't talk about sweet young I mean, Carrie Fisher. that's by her own admission, though. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's... She, that, that as was, long as she's on the That level. was her only piece of advice for uh, what Daisy Ridley, was don't sleep with the entire cast. No, I, th- I thought it was don't sleep with Anthony Daniels. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, like uh, he's just... And you can tell in this, but he's just insufferable. All he does is complain. He's so mean to R2-D2. Stop that. Here's my thing. Here's Listen, we have more Star Wars now than we did five years ago. C-3PO and R2-D2 are stupid characters, and BB-8 is the best. And I don't care about C-3PO and R2-D2 anymore because I know eventually I don't have to care about them because BB-8 will be back, and that's all that matters. BB-8 is amazing, and I just don't care. And that's basically, like, like, if like now that we have more series... It's allowed to shape my view on the whole series, if that makes sense. Well, and I me, just for, go ahead. For for me, for the droids, they they were they were a running joke that just never went away. There was no punchline. You know, like like they, they played like a they, they were supposed to be like the 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 uh, Laurel and Hardy esque Abbott and Costello. They they can't get along. They can't get on without each other. Ha ha ha! Look at these two go on. Uh, that and you would have no thought. Joke. Well, you, you just would have thought that they would have just called it a day by Empire. You know, it it was just a the, the two of them just got in in my opinion got played out and when i saw them in it start up in the phantom menace with them it was just like man what are you why are you here yeah well them and anakin i think are like the only characters to well now them only are the only characters to appear in all nine movies right were they Anakin's were they in rogue in one seven they were in rogue one i think they're like in the background or something i don't know <laughs> but like i i am generally a fan well, R2's in Road 1. He's get, he's the one that gets the plans. Oh, yeah. Right? No. No, I guess no, Leia, Leia gets, gets the plans. plans. She gives him the R2 in the first scene of this movie. Anyway, yeah. I am generally a fan of the comedy that occurs when, like, one character speaks English and the other character doesn't, and only that person can understand the other character. I like that. But there's a better example of that in this movie. <laughs> with Chewbacca? With Chewbacca and Han. Yeah. I guess that's true. There's two of those little, like, bilingual buddies. Right. It's like, But I like that, where you have to, like, reveal what that person said by their reaction. Like, in Ocean's Eleven, when, when uh, you know, Yen speaks in Chinese and everybody can understand him, and they just talk to him like <laughs> it's in English. Like, I love that. It, it cracks me up. But, like, with C3, C-3PO and R2-D2, it doesn't. Because all C-3PO does, it's the whole time. The entire time. The entire yeah. movie. All he does is complain. Yeah, that's that, that's not unfair. I've, uh... He pretty well I, I mean, sells himself to Owen. He's a droid. Like, why does he care? I have no idea. Maybe he's really excited about moisture why, farming. No, but why is he upset? Like, why is it? Why do things bother him? Well, that's we've discussed this a few times. Is that the droids in Star Wars? They just get to have feelings, well, like K- and that's K- just going to have to be something you're okay with. <laughs> K2SO would not have Here, sat droid, there and been like, feelings. "I hate sand." <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess, like father, like son, since C three PO clearly f***ing hates sand. Well, wouldn't you if you were a robot, getting all up in your gears? Definitely, and, and he gets like ninety percent submerged in oil. Yeah, that was a that... weird thing. Do you think Anthony Daniels had to do that? <laughs> yes. Or did Probably in his put... writer. I'll be in your movie, but I want to get submerged in oil, and it better be hot this time. You <laughs> 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 make me wear that suit. I better get something out of it. <laughs> Like, 
legitimately, the only funny thing C-3PO has ever done in nine movies is say the line about the red arm. <laughs> he probably didn't recognize me because of the red arm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I hate probably... C-3PO. So, I have a question, and, and maybe y'all can answer this for me. Why are stormtroopers so dumb? They, at the, the first the first scene, when Darth Vader's like, I want this whole ship searched for the plans, and they start looking, like, behind sh like they're just gonna be sitting there behind a pipe with a big. Hey, if Vader says check the whole area, <laughs> you check the whole area, man. Comb the desert. Like a big <laughs> sign that says we ain't found. Comb the, <laughs> comb the desert. You think we're being too literal? They're like the, the, there's not gonna be a big sign that says Death Star plans. Here they are. But there's a lot of stuff like that. Like, even when the escape pod breaks out uh, from the initial onslaught there and they scan it, they're like, oh, yeah, there's no life form, so ah, just let it go. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Family Guy did did a good bit when it was like, well, what are you... Are you paying for the laser beams? Like, what he's... <laughs> okay, let's not shoot that one. But in a world where you know that droids are up and moving around and and just doing their own thing, like, you have to assume that just because you don't see any humanoid life forms on there doesn't mean there's not a bunch of droids with valuable shit going right. on the down there. Like, Well, and only, like, six hours ago, K2SO was just shooting all of your men down right? on, like, on whatever planet that was. Like, clearly droids can rebel. And fight back. <laughs> they they can become an issue. So well, just K2SO right, why, units just, are out destroy everything. K two SO units disappeared in like the three hours between the end of Rogue One and the beginning yeah. of this movie. So <laughs> what, whatever happened there? Oh. Should have had a better writer, man. I just should have had the Anthony Perkins writer. This movie, <laughs> this movie's so great. Also, Anthony Hopkins, not per- Anthony Daniels. Daniel. Oh, Anthony Perkins is Norman yeah. Bates. Yeah, yeah I, was gonna say. <laughs> I tried to say Anthony Hopkins. That's Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> Apparently I'm stuck on serial killers. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> been a great addition Anthony to this Daniels. Film. <laughs> Andy Perkins is Norman Bates. Although he probably would have made a better C-3PO. He probably wouldn't have bitched as much. Probably wouldn't have been a bit calmer about it anyway. I just got so excited when this movie started and, and like Bail Organa's ship like zoom over the over the horizon. It just it it, felt it, like an old friend. This movie it is, is an old friend. It, 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 exactly. Right? Like it, it's, 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 it's coming home to a nice warm bath, man. It's, it's, especially since you guys have just trudged your way through the prequels. Oh, just everything felt right again. The score in this movie is amazing, by the way. Just, I, I get that it's the same theme and same themes in every movie, but like this one is exceptional. Like that piece of music when Luke is looking at the two sons over Tatooine, it's just like that, that piece of music that's been in all the rest of them since then, but it's just the first time you hear it. It's Ooh. so tough for me to be like, to think of this as the first time. Like I cannot imagine. Imagine being an audience going in and seeing this movie for the first time and like not knowing there was going to be this whole world that sprawls out of it. Yeah, it's it, it's true. Like, I, I remember how I felt the first time I saw it, but I, I can't remember any point in time in my life that I've never had Star Wars in it. Well, right. n- none it, of us I, were alive at a time when Star Wars didn't exist. Right, yeah, when exactly. there was no Empire Strikes Back, you know. Thank God the sequels were good, like the original sequels. <laughs> I mean, I guess it didn't matter back in the 80s, though, because, like, Back to the Future Part 2 is garbage. Back to the Future's still great. Part 3's not bad. Well, if, yeah, the series as a whole isn't too bad. I mean, it, it's a good, like, you know, it's another good, solid franchise. If Pirates of the Caribbean's so. anything to be said you can't judge a movie on the sequels yeah because black pearl's amazing and the next four are totally different yeah well two is bad i think four is bad and i've heard five is bad three was good three, three was, was awesome three was, yeah but that, was a, that was an outlier it's, it's long though isn't it it's like over two and a half hours or something probably why do tie fighters scream what who, d- <laughs> who decided on that noise Ethan, it's the physics of outer space that's how sound it's, works out there it's all that air and space rushing by their wings <laughs> right. i'm just I thought that was pretty clear from the get-go. I just imagined the sun from Rick and Morty. 
like, everything's on the cob. <laughs> like you just you start the tie fighter and just goes. Ah! I have no idea what the top fighter scream, but I think it's a cool noise. Like it's so. I just I I would love to go back in the conversation when they like figured that one out. Somebody it? somebody heard that and went there. It is. That's it's it. Like there's that's just a that's room the full sound right there. Noise and somebody's just like that's the one. <laughs> that's it. Just somebody was dragging their kid out by their hair like that that get a microphone over there. <laughs> Where's the boom? <laughs> I'd love to know what made that noise. Dear past Ethan, this is future Ethan here to let you know that you did some research on this very topic and found out the sound of TIE Fighters are made by a combination of baby elephant trunk noises and a car driving very fast by a microphone in wet pavement. Carrie, you said who has not yet seen Star Wars? That's true. You said a son? Yep. Does he have a Star Wars name? You don't have to tell us your son's name. That's obviously like whatever. Does but... He just just kind of has a regular name, man. Like I really wasn't going for <laughs> crazy Star Wars themed name. And, and that being said, my girlfriend would just shoot me if I even suggested <laughs> the... I suggested Bruce because of Batman. And, and that was met with a glare that said, you go in the other room and you sit and you think about what you just said. <laughs> So, I think that is the same conversation my son. mother had with my father when he decided he wanted to name me Winston. <laughs> After like mm, Fair conversation. Yeah. <laughs> my wife is okay with the name Oliver, but we do not have a son, so after Oliver Queen. Mm, okay. No, he's he's just not he's he's a uh, he's eighteen months old right now, so he's he's far more interested in finding stuff on the table to throw onto the ground than he is to actually sit down and watch TV. Right. Has he started putting so, everything in his mouth yet? Oh yeah, we've been going on with okay. that for a while. That's why there's very little things that he can't choke on, just you know, stashed everywhere. Right. <laughs> One of these days, I'm just going to lay marbles out all over the floor and be like, "All right, buddy, um, we're just going to let nature take its course here." So I hope you're uh, sink or swim, smart enough to know better. Survival <laughs> yeah. of the fittest, man. Let's see what you got. <laughs> yeah, man. It's you know, sorry if you don't make it out. Maybe the next one will get a little bit further than you did. <laughs> Trial number one. Off you go. <laughs> You know, I don't know that that's the best parenting advice. Yeah, but think about the ones that make it, though. Oh, oh they'll yeah, be we'll fit. Whole... <laughs> <laughs> they'll be the fittest. <laughs> Good. Oh, you got to stop making me laugh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So, this is such a good movie. So, Obi-Wan Kenobi calls Darth Vader Darth. Like it's his name. Like a first name. Yeah, you know, sup Darth? Yeah. What's Howdy. good? It's, it, if there's anybody that should know how the whole Sith thing works, out of all of the characters in the movie, it's it's Obi-Wan. I mean, here's the, here's the dilly, though. Obi-Wan can do whatever he wants. And this is another George Lucas thing, right? George Lucas, you're going to keep watching these movies, and you're going to be like, he didn't even figure out how he wants people to say, uh... Harrison Ford's character's name. Or Leia's. Or Leia's. There's like Leah and yeah. Leia, and then Lando says Han, and other people say Han. Mm -hmm. Chewbacca's vernacular is just the same grunt over and over again. There's no way anybody knows what <laughs> nobody no way anybody knows what he's saying. Like I had forgotten about the scene where Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi just runs out in the hood screaming and waving his arms. <laughs> I had completely blocked that out of my memory somehow. That's his first line. It's not hello there. It's what if that was how he approached General Green? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have gotten the job done. He just right. drops down from the sky and goes. 
Yeah, but that's like a common tactic through the movie. Like when they're on the Death Star and and they're running away from the stormtroopers, like Han Solo <laughs> turns around and he's like chasing like a half a dozen troopers, <laughs> like roaring like a monster, <laughs> not firing anything, like not taking them out, just like boogity 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 all the way down the hall. He, he looks at Luke and he's like, "I got this. Don't worry." It just runs after him and they just run away. <laughs> <laughs> I got I this. Ah. Why do they run away? That's what I want to know. Because they're under direct orders not to kill the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or they've That's... come to the stark realization that anything they fire at just fires back and they can't hit anything to save their lives. Yeah. Oh, crap. We're terrible soldiers. These blast points We're... are too accurate for sand people. They must be made by Imperial stormtroopers. I was like... <laughs> Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, those sand people shot a pod race. Yeah. Like, while it was moving. <laughs> they were also very much ready to just assassinate Luke. Well, I mean, I, I, I get it that they're territorial, you know. What are you doing on my chunk of like sand? They, they could have just sniped him right out of the speeder. Movie over. Done. My chunk of sand. Darth Vader wins. Game over. Darth Vader kind of wins in the end. The Emperor dies. The whole Sith prophecy. Well, he gets to be a nice blue ghost up with uh, with Obi Wan and Yoda. Hayden. Don't start that. Don't, don't even, don't even. Let's not even. We we we've already discussed my opinions on Hayden Christensen. There's there's no there's no need to turn this into a very R-rated podcast. <laughs> oh man, He's, have you seen Looper? It's so bad. No, uh, no, no, no. Okay. I uh, I I've, I've never been so disappointed in my life. Yeah, same. Same, pretty much. You've never been so disappointed in your entire life. No, no. I've disappointed many people like that in my life, but I've never been so disappointed. Interesting. As, as have, with the prequels, correct? Or uh, Yeah, as with the prequels. No, it's, because you have to, like, the opening, like, like we talk about how great this movie is. This is the, Darth Vader was the first villain. I was like, I, I like the villain. I'm cheering on the villain. Like, yeah, man, for, force choke that guy. Go for it. Uh, to take this this huge hulking badass and turn him into just a moody kid that's not getting his way and moping and just oh my life my life is so hard i can't do this i can't do that i just i can't i couldn't handle it man i was so i was looking for like uh like at the beginning of new hope where where luke's kind of having it out with his uncle and he's just he's getting really pissed that he can't go to the academy and he's 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 kind of like he's getting angry about it i never got angry from from hayden christensen i got mopey depressed because i can't have my way so the academy is the the rebellion flight academy is that what's like i was never sure about that like i thought he was the first time is there like an independent flight academy that trains everyone and then they go kill themselves kill amongst themselves i I thought it was for the empire i thought it was the empire flight academy Ah. i mean yeah that's that's what you would believe like because they are the rebels gonna have a flight academy the rebels can't have a flight academy the empire would know where it is it wouldn't be that hard to find out if a moisture farmer from tatooine can just go there yeah and and that that's it like i i was when i've watched these movies like at an older age where you kind of start to to understand like the empire's role the the rebellion's role like yeah, like from from our perspective, from what we're seeing, yeah, the Empire not really particularly nice people. But I mean, they're 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 kind of just you know, there's a lot of other planets that are just kind of getting along, paying their their taxes, or doing whatever they have to do, and then for the most part are being left alone. It's the rebels that have come along and been like, yeah, we don't don't like having an Empire. So in to to well, me, Luke was Luke was just like looking to to join the Empire as, as a pilot. Well, but he ta- he talks I mean, five minutes later about how much he hates the Empire. Yeah, yeah but I, I think mean, it's you know it's it's a job. You get to be a pilot. You know? well, that's just what I was wondering. Like, is there a Rebel Flight Academy? Like, or is he just going to go join the Empire? Well, he says him and Biggs are friends, 
right? Yeah. And Biggs is in the Rebel. That's and that's yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Because like, he talks about Biggs on the on the Falcon. And it's like, man, we we used to. I don't know well, what it so says. They, there has to be an he says his name. There has to be a Rebel Academy. Yeah, I guess so. Te- teach you how to rise up against the establishment. I don't know. Maybe Solo will tell us that since Han was kicked out of the Academy for having a mind. Well, that'll teach him. Yeah, that's what the trailer says. At Han least. didn't have much of a mind. Well, I guess he, he he takes care of himself, and that's all he's good at. Yeah, all he cares about is money at first, and then he cares about the power of friendship. Yeah, and money. And money, more money. Um, more money. Just buy buy that friendship. That's right. I mean, what's wrong with money and friendship? So let's let's run down the plot of this movie real quick for for those who may or may not have seen it in a while. What plot? It's just like a series of activities until the Death Star blows up. Bright lights, whooshing sounds, and screaming Tie Fighters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing is this movie is like real slow to develop. Like things happen plot wise, but it's like small things. Yeah. Like, you know, Luke meets Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan and Luke meet Han. Han and Luke and everybody go. They fly away to Alderaan. They find Alderaan. Oh, it's not there. On to the Death Star. Small little side quests to get back off the Death Star with Leia. Now we got to blow up the Death Star. Big deal. Huge rebellion army. Big old dogfight space battle. Big thing happening now. And it's a little weird to me where like the last act of the movie is like we're gonna go full in now you know what we've been doing just little things up to now this is a big deal it's been a slow burn but me and my friend here got a tank of kerosene we're about to throw on this (laughs) well the rebels didn't know they were getting the plans they were prepared right right but it was it just didn't seem like like the rebellion to me seemed like this is you know band of six or seven people and then all of a sudden it's like oh there's a whole rebel army with their own like designed ships and things Although, as we learned in, I guess, episode 8, the same people are selling all the ships. Well, I mean, but you you learn in Rogue One that, you know, and obviously this hasn't happened in 1977, but you learn in Rogue One that, like, 12 hours ago, Jin and her buddies left on Rogue One against the orders of Mon Mothma from the rebel base on Yavin. So, I mean, there's a rebel army there. They exist, and they they all wear orange. What would you wear if you were a rebel army? I don't know. Not, like prisoner jumpsuits probably all they have because they broke out of prison imperial prison (laughs) space prison (laughs) space prison guardians of the galaxy were yellow space except drax well speaking of space prison like i understand that like leia was getting uh spoken to with that interrogation droid and all that jazz but like when luke walks in for a woman that's been tortured and 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 god knows what's happened to her she's awful like chilled out and irritated that he's there <laughs> like who the heck are you man it's like i've just been put through through like a, a lifetime's worth of agony and despair but who the heck are you what the heck are you doing well, i here? guess he does walk right. in, in a stormtrooper outfit yeah but yeah, she's but... like aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper right? she, she, she's she's so not in pain and relaxing she's like sprawled across the couch she's all what's up what's up here's some candles a little bit of potpourri and aren't you too short to be a uh, stormtrooper? I don't think... Here's my thing about that line is, A, Luke doesn't seem that short to me. And B, if you pay attention to this movie, the stormtroopers are just a completely inconsistent height. Some of them are tall. Some of them are short. Meh, whatever. We're just going to well, roll with it. This is after they've all, like, the galaxy has agreed to just be like, ah, you know what, the whole cloning thing, not a great idea, so we're just going to scrap that. So you have to assume there's going to be some variation in size of stormtrooper well, you have to be and it's not you have to be six foot tall to ride the empire <laughs> but it's not like the the uh i don't the think armor that he was wearing tall. was was like hanging off him or anything like that yeah that's the other thing is like that armor fit yeah <laughs> like he's he's not the world's busiest uh shooting boy in daddy's armor he's 
he's wearing armor that fits him. Like he's wearing adult armor. Right, and he looks like an adult. He also like I I still think of Luke as being older than me. Like the way he acts and things like that, he definitely says things that like a 19 year old would say. But I don't think that Mark Hamill looked 19. I don't know. No. What do you think? No, yeah, no, mm. not really. No, re- rewatching it, he, he he definitely looks younger. But that's because I just saw him like dead eye somebody and drink unpasteurized milk. So <laughs> like in his 70s, <laughs> in his 70s exactly. But like he, he looks young. But I I'd give him like early 20s. Not yeah. not much younger than that. 19 is also just a hard age for me to place. Like. I can picture a senior in high school. I can't picture a sophomore in college. Do they have that in Canada? A second year at university. Yeah, we yeah we, we would more or less we. I, I didn't go to university. I, like in Canada, we have university, we have college. They're they're two completely different institutions. Weird. Yeah, right. I know, but that's that's how it's done here. It's like a different word means a different thing. That's so unusual, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> so he was twenty six when this came out. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so that's yeah okay. So I, I could see him them kind of because he does kind of have like a younger younger face, but like I, I wouldn't be giving him nineteen. He's quite the Joker, wouldn't uh-huh. you say? <laughs> what do you think? Are you, Carrie? You're a big comic book guy, and you you seem to be pretty involved. What do you can be? Yeah. What do you think of Mark Hamill, the like public persona? Uh, in in kind of like how he carries himself. Yeah, just like you know his social media and like his interviews and stuff. Like he, you know, just just kind of who he is and stuff. Uh, he, you know, you know what he actually comes across now. I, I kind of get the feeling that he's been kind of in obscurity for a while, mm-hmm. and now all the spotlights are right on top of him. Right, and that, I don't think he knows it, how to handle it. <laughs> no, I, I don't think he's had this kind of attention since the early '80s, or let, let's say up to the mid to late '80s. Well, in, like, in the mid to late '80s, you couldn't just get on Twitter and endlessly be interacting with fans. No, exactly. Like I, I, I every now and then I'll, I'll catch. His, his Twitter pop up there, and I'll, I'll give it a quick read. Like it's, I don't know. He, he he doesn't come across as like a pedantic prick to me, but I mean, uh, I when it when it comes to dealing with like stars and all that sort of jazz, I just kind of take it for what it is. Like it's um, to me, what what they do on screen and who they are in real life are two completely different things, and I really only care about Mark Hamill on screen. For sure, exactly the same way. But he he just, I feel like he's been so active in the. Um, you know the public eye sort of i don't i don't super keep up with like the celeb side of pop culture um you know what what they're up to but i just don't think like i think he thinks he's hilarious <laughs> i think right. the years of playing the joker have in, in some way maybe to his detriment given him the idea that that he may be a little bit funnier than what he is right and i feel like if i ran into mark hamill at like the bar or whatever i don't think i would be like oh my god it's Mark Hamill. I could never approach him. I could never talk to him. And I feel like the way he presents himself is like, he thinks people think of him that way and he wants to tell them that he's not. Right? But at the same time, like, you can tell that he's kind of like, I am a pretty big deal, aren't I? I'm Luke yeah. Skywalker. <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you know who I, I am? Do I did blow up the Death Star. <laughs> no, I, I I think he's he's very very approachable. I, I think he wants like he's okay with people coming up to him and saying, "Hey, oh my God, you're the you're the source of all my childhood dreams when I was growing up." And right, I think he likes that, but I, I think he he he's also kind of because um, when. when uh, Batman the Animated Series was going on, you, you heard very little about Mark Hamill. It was like, oh yeah, it was voiced by the guy that played Luke Skywalker. Like, that that's what he was for the longest time. He was the guy that played Luke Skywalker. Right. He, you know, pardon me, he, he, was, he was in a little bit, he was a little bit obscure, but now with, with Star Trek kind of, of coming around the way that it has over the past decade or so, um, 
it's a lot of attention. He wants to be out there. He wants to make himself available. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I really, I, I, it's, it's kind of hard to get a feel for it one way or the other. Do you think he's a good actor? Uh, you can be honest. Outside, like to be, if, if, if I was a hundred percent honest, man, I love him as the Joker in the animated series. I love him in the, as the Joker in the Arkham series. I love him as Luke Skywalker, and that is where my love with Mark Hamill pretty much rests. I don't. I think he's so tight, like, it, and, and maybe he's not, but in in my brain, he's so typecast that I can't get past Luke Skywalker. Has he really um, done anything else live action, like a, a major role? Nothing comes to the top of my head. Yeah. I think he did some stage stuff for a while. I know he was like really into brand deals. Like he did a bunch of commercials and stuff in the late seventies and early eighties, like because of Star Wars, and they would be like sort of Star Wars themed. Yeah, and he'll post he'll post those on his Twitter every so often, and they'll be like you know him in Germany singing about Coca Cola in German, wearing like a you know gold jumpsuit or whatever. And I know he did stuff like that, but I don't know that he was ever. Outside of being Luke Skywalker, like a like a movie star of any sort, he's only. I didn't think he was a very good actor. I don't think any of them in this movie, except maybe Carrie Fisher, really delivered any lines in an impressive way. He has um, three hundred and nine that, IMDb main. acting credits. Yeah, well, there's a lot of episodes. Of no, Batman. that's just. That's, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna so. say. <laughs> I don't think that's individual episodes. Is, is, I think that's like things. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he was out there. Like when, when Star Wars was at its merchandising peak, like you know, I don't think he was being picked up as, as, as an actor. For some reason, I, I think I remember hearing that he wasn't really sought after because of Star Wars. Like it was, you, what movie are you going to put him in? Because they're just going to look at him and say, oh, that's that's Luke Skywalker. I don't know. I feel like Mark Hamill could have gotten away with it because he kind of has like the David Schwimmer, Josh Radner. He's just like a white dude, you know? Like he's just another white guy. He doesn't. He, he doesn't look he, like the Wicked Witch of the West. He looks no, like he, he could play typical white dude number one at the bar, sure. Right, but well, I, and, and I, don't I think know Harrison Ford got away go. with that. I, Harrison Ford got all those other roles, and he was Han Solo, who was, I think, a more interesting character and more memorable. But yeah, but but maybe that that was what kind of fed in into that future there. He was also Indiana Jones. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't Indiana Jones yet. No, but it, it was, it was. I mean, it was a transition with Lucas. Yeah. It was, it, it, it kind of kept that fire going. It was, I kind of get the impression that some of, the, some of these actors that once Star Wars was done, it was like, all right, you know, wash the hands, see you later, thanks for your work, and that's the end of it. Like, Car- Carrie Fisher had a, a pretty decent career. Uh, Harrison Ford definitely had a solid career. Uh, but I, I think Mark Hamill just kind of fell by the wayside. And, and I'm God. sure that there's a, I'm sure that there's a story there. Uh, Must be I'm hard just, being Luke Skywalker. And Harrison Ford really Maybe. was George Lucas's dude for a while. I forgot he was in American Graffiti mm-hmm. in '73, and, th- and that was just it. Like he, he's he had like a, but and that's before Star Wars. Harrison Ford was was already somebody. He was already doing stuff uh, before Star Wars. What was Mark Hamill doing? Uh, he was on two episodes of General Hospital oh, or something like that when career. he was like ten. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, so like it's not he, he going into Star Wars he really didn't have a whole lot of anything I remember watching some sort of biography it was like one day he woke up he went to work the next day he woke up he was Luke Skywalker and then like it was just Star Wars mania everywhere so I can't imagine how that feels but I think I think that kind of hurt him in the long run for other acting roles he, outside of other stuff that we know like the, the Joker the voice of the Joker or he was he was the the TV series The Flash he was the uh, not Toy Master the trickster or whatever his character's name was. Yeah. Do you like the Flash TV show? Uh, I have fallen a season behind, but I enjoyed it. It was good, like, you know, it was pretty good TV. It wasn't anything like, terrible. I like the Flash more than I like Daryl. Oh, see, that's... I'm I'm dissimilar to you in that way. But, I, I think Arrow is the best comic book television show to ever be made. So my problem with Arrow is the first season of Arrow. I was so sick and tired of hearing about the island where everything was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh... 
that it just I just lost interest. Like we we'd be back in in the city, and Oliver would be doing his thing, and then I'll flash back to the island. That that just kind of wore on me for for that series. So I was like, I'm good. It was cool, but I was good. I I liked it when they when they threw Deathstroke in there. That was pretty much the the pinnacle for the series for me. Well, I will full disclosure. I'm not super good at watching the long TV shows. In fact, ever since we really dove into movies, I've taken a step back from watching TV because there's so many movies we have to watch. Um, But I've probably seen the first two and a half seasons of Arrow and probably the first season of Flash. I have not given a chance to like Supernatural or Smallville or I couldn't watch Gotham. Really? Um, I liked Gotham. I I really enjoy Gotham. Oh man. I, I, I saw, you'll occasionally see like some promos and some previews and stuff and I think some of the villains are really well cast um based on what i've seen in some of like the i think the acting from what i've seen in gotham is probably the best out of all of them yeah i don't like the flash because barry is a terrible person and like i i laugh because you're not you're not wrong about that like he's not right like he doesn't make good decisions right and the thing about the flash tv show is that it it feels to me like it's supposed to be friendlier than you know arrow which is like darker and you know oliver killed people for a while and all this stuff and it's like yes it is but barry keeps messing with timelines and like ruining lives and it's all about him and 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 willingly and and he willingly does that he he knows that that he is setting things into motion that he can't stop and he he just kind of and he's warned by everybody and his brother right anyway ethan you don't watch any of the shows no you're exactly right uh i tend to stay away from things that are on the cw um i i I even like very good reasons for that there's there's better tv occurring elsewhere on television in my opinion but i don't know that there is there just there just is <laughs> like tv like network television doesn't make very many good shows anymore correct but you have plenty of channels and companies that are making good tv and none of them are the cw sorry just one man's opinion i tried to watch arrow opinion. season one of arrow is unwatchable it's so I, I horrible could not disagree it's so more. bad the acting is the, bad. The script like, is like, bad. Uh, the characters are bad. The whole plot is bad. Yeah, but that's it's such a guilty pleasure. It's like, not. Like Thea, until until like halfway through season two, the actress that plays Thea Queen, I can't think of her name, like can't even open her mouth because she doesn't know how to act at all. It's so <laughs> funny. Like, like if you watch her, she like, like there's no mouth movement whatsoever. It's just like. She's the just playing it safe. The, right. Every time I've ever. She's talking Ever like, tried to talk about Arrow, you're so just like, funny. man, nah, you, you, you can't just base it on the free. You got to watch like the third season. And I'm like, mm, no. If a show's not good it's, for the uh, first two years, it should have been canceled. If, oh, if, if you ever talk to somebody that's really passionate about a TV show, it always comes down to, yeah, but did you watch season three, though? No. Like, yeah, right. you wanted to vomit after season one, but if you stuck through to season three, you'd you'd be into it. No, I'm not right. watching 45 episodes just to wait till it gets good. <laughs> Well, here's the problem. Yeah, I know. The seasons are so long. That's the other reason that I can't keep up is like 23 episodes a season. That's insane. Oh, that's that's, that's what Netflix is for, man. I, I just sit on my hands. I just politely wait for Netflix to put them up. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now now when I have some downtime, but I can But it's like if up. you tell me to watch, right. if you're like, oh, Stranger Things doesn't get good until the sexy, se- second season, but it's only eight episodes, then I'm like, okay, fine. Like, I'll give it that. <laughs> but if you're like, yeah, just, yeah, just watch, hours, the, first, watch the first 50 and then you're, you're good. Uh, then. Then you're really invested in the characters because they've taken a lot of your life. <laughs> and you're, you're forced to I mean, to I'm kind of convinced that's the only reason I like Lost. No, Lost is good because the first two seasons are good. It's the opposite of what you're saying, right? right? But then after Lost's that, I keep watching two seasons because I'm are so amazing. <laughs> right. But then the next no, season, four seasons are like, what? okay, well, whatever. The last yeah. three seasons are like, what on earth am I watching? This is terrible. 
I, I felt that way from the get-go, but I just kind of played along because that's what everybody was watching. So I was like, all right, all right we'll, we'll watch this again, I suppose. <laughs> I love Lost. Whereas, like, there Lost are plenty is... of TV shows where I'm hooked within 30 seconds. Like, like Game of Thrones. No, Game of Thrones is one of those things where I have this conversation with everybody where I'm like, yeah, I just don't care about any of the characters. And then everybody's like, you got to listen. Yeah, but your, your logic for Season not caring one's about the characters a little tough. is wrong. Season one's a little rough, but season two, man, Khaleesi starts doing some crazy stuff. What's going to be over the wall? Oh, man. And I just don't care. Also, all of your favorite characters are going to die. I don't care then. This is stupid. I mean, like when you first meet Don Draper. Oh, that show hooks you immediately. Listen, I couldn't. I'm still into that show, so, you know. I, I, That's what I'm saying. I, just, I think I just watched the pilot. Yeah, I just over recently again, watched, like, right? the first five episodes again and then got hooked on something else. But I was just like, gosh, show's so good. <laughs> it is so good. Oh, uh, you know what else has a great pilot is, is on the totally different side of things is Glee. Glee's pilot hooks you right away. Are you kidding? Oh, no, it doesn't. It <laughs> sends you, you away. Yeah. It, it repels you to the other end of the earth. Oh, yes, yeah, so I'm wrong. with Carrie on this one. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like y'all are... <laughs> Glee no. is Glee's Glee is a trash fire that just has just gasoline poured all over it on a regular basis. I can't I can't handle it. <laughs> That's how it. I feel about the pitch you know what's crazy movies. about Glee? Oh, I like the pitch perfect. I like the first one. The second two suck. Um, but the thing about Glee is that like I remember watching it when it was new. Like we'd watch it on television and being like, "Wow, this is so forward thinking. This is so amazing." And the way like social justice warriors and tolerance just happen is now. If you go back and watch like season one of Glee, you're like, "Oh my gosh, you cannot say this on TV. This is so offensive. <laughs> this is so wrong. You cannot get away with this. Like this is uh." Uh-uh. This is bad. This is bad. It's so funny because I like I, I specifically remember being like, well, they just get it, man. They're so tolerant. It's, <laughs> it's so real. Well, it's like you even go back so- and you watch Back to the Future and you're just like, guys, you can't do that. <laughs> Hide in a tree. Yeah. <laughs> there, there are older movies that are extremely uncomfortable to oh, watch. Yeah. Yeah. And they're movies that you've seen and then all of a sudden they're uncomfortable. It's like your, your worldview changes without you realizing it. Well, it, it's like like the older movies I've watched, like some of the John Wayne movies, or or like just just old movies from the fifties or sixties, where uh, the 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 wife or whatever will be be upset about something, and the husband just politely backhands her across the room. It's like, oh, oh, you you can't you, you can't, can just do that then. You, you can't do that anymore. Don't. Not only can you not do that anymore, but like it wouldn't have even crossed my like. It's never like I'm having an argument with my wife, and I'm like, you know what? This would be a lot easier if I could just throw you across the room. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like when you get upset about something, doesn't you just even smack them real quick. Just, just calm right. down. See, I, I'm not too sure that my girlfriend wouldn't take the hit. Just glare me in the eye and go, okay, and then just wait. And I'd never sleep again. So that would be the end of it. I'd never be, I'd never be able to close my eyes because I'd know that she'd be there waiting. <laughs> Ever the insomniac. <laughs> <laughs> she would just be around every corner, just, just standing there, just letting me know that she's always where I'm well, going to yeah, be. It's like this is just a, waiting. This is a much. I would, hey, Carrie, just for the heads up, I would also assume that's how she's going to be if you give your son a marble and tell him to eat it. I wouldn't tell him to eat it. You just leave it there and see what he does. He should know if by you now. Put, not if you put stuff. him in that. You're, you're never going to sleep again if that child swallows a marble. I just want Carrie, to don't that. put the marbles on the floor. Carrie, put the cap back on the bleach. It's nothing but orders around this house. I just, it's, <laughs> it's almost impossible to live here. <laughs> put the cap back on the bleach. I thought you said cat at first, like like a feline. <laughs> <laughs> just put the, put the cat on the bottle of bleach. <laughs> I was like, that's a weird place to keep your cat, but whatever. <laughs> It's it's because it's different up in Canada. Canada. Yeah, you got to keep your snow nice and white so you can go out and bleach it every morning. <laughs> 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 oh, 
You don't want that ugly snow. You want that nice white Canadian snow. I agree with that entirely. The center of the flag. (laughs) There you go. Snow is one of my favorite things to look at, but like plowed snow, like old snow is my least favorite thing to look at. Ruins the environment. Snow is nice to look at outside of the window, and that is where it is. If you're you're inside, it's like, yeah, man, that looks nice outside. But then you got to go out in that garbage. Also, and... It's let's, not nice. l- let's just put this into perspective here. You're from Canada, where it snows all the time. It's probably snowing right now. It's it. It snowed. There's no way you know that on purpose, but yes. No, I mean, well, we are. We have members of our Discord and stuff that are in like Minnesota and Wisconsin. They're just like it's snowing again, and so I figured if it's yeah. snowing in Wisconsin, it's probably snowing in Canada. Uh, but whereas in Virginia, where we live, uh, we get one inch of snow when the world ends. Yeah, I caught that. I caught that. You guys really need a couple of better coping mechanisms about that. Like, it's it really just is snow. It's not just snow, man. It's 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 rear-wheel drive trucks. Well, it's like it's. I know what to do with the snow because I just don't leave. Like, it, I'm not putting right. myself in the position <laughs> to be around the idiots. It can't get me if I stay in here. <laughs> like, <laughs> The most dangerous thing on the road is all those other drivers, right, man. Like, that's the problem. Well, that, that, listen, that's the same up here. Like, it's, you go through, like, the summer and the fall, and it's just like everybody's driving. I mean, they're not particularly good, but everybody manages. <laughs> and then, like, an eighth of an inch of snow hits the ground, and it's just chaos. Yeah. Just... And they, everybody buys all the bread and milk, and school shut for... We literally... We got seven inches of snow or something like that, and they closed school for a week and a half this year. Yeah, like seven inches of snow. It's like, listen, uh, you're going to be in by noon, so you can sleep in, but your ass is getting in there by 12 right. o'clock. And I mean, ever, ever the, you know, I'm the son of a New Yorker and so is Tyler, but my, my dad's just like, I can't, you know, I can't believe all these people. They're just, the snow, the snow starts and the world ends. And I'm just like, dad, it's just, just let it go. We just don't have the infrastructure. We like, we don't have, yeah. we don't, you know, brand new plows ready to go. We don't spend the money on it because it happens once a year and we just accept that. <laughs> you, right. you, you just bite down right. hard buy, and get through you it. You bite <laughs> your milk sandwiches and you move on with your life. <laughs> milk and white bread, man. That's I don't, I, I don't never, yeah, everybody stock up on your perishables. It's snow time. <laughs> There's an eighth of an inch yeah. coming. Patting down <laughs> the hatches. Power might go out. <laughs> <laughs> Power does go out here pretty often when it snows. You're on the grid with a fire station. Oh, now, not say, your power here. should never be out. <laughs> yeah, no, my power is fine. Well, we had a we had a brief outage, and I got a a text, call, and email from the power company all at the same time, and they were like, "Hey, we are so sorry. We were working tirelessly to get that put back up." And I'm like, "Listen, did you, you don't need it? to call." <laughs> They, they did. I got an email and a text and a call like 10 minutes later. Like, it's back, baby. Um, but I was like, listen, you don't need to, like, it's fine. You don't have to inform me at all about the power outage situation. I'm aware. Believe I'll it or not. It out. <laughs> um, like, and, and the other thing is, like, if, I'll tell you what. I'll pay you 100 less dollars a month to not tell me all this stuff. I'm not, you don't have to put the man hours in. You don't have to do any of it. You just got to fix it the problem. Take it off the bill, man. The cool thing about right. Virginia and its incredibly mild winters compared to everywhere else in the world is my power bill this month was $30. That's nice for you, Ethan. Mine was uh, $460. $30. My oh, gas bill was that is, $1. That is, that is tragic. Yeah. I have a small house. Oh. Uh, you gotta, I don't know what to tell you, man. You got to get that gas heating so, going on. In there. What? How does money work in Canada? Do you have like dollars? Yeah, they have or... dollars that are. Well, have that you are ever played? Less. Okay, so have you ever played a game of Monopoly? Yeah. Okay, you know how all the money is colored differently because children are idiots. Yeah. Canada's like that. And it's funny okay. colors. <laughs> and it's all fun colors, so it just jumps out at you like, spend me now. It's, it's got a scratch instead of maple leaf, right? Is that a real thing? Uh, it it uh, it's actually the moose's. 
Oh, you give it a good okay. scratch there. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a moose it's, on it's, your money. I just want the, you to remember you just said that. <laughs> no, there, well, there, there's a caribou on the quarter. There, there is a moose like on the on the loony on the quarter. On the no, loony, it's a loony. Loony is a loon. Yeah, that's not a quarter. That's a dollar. That's a dollar. A toonie is worth two dollars, but there's a polar bear on it. Listen, man, I had nothing to do with this, these names, all right? It's just a bunch of, like, drunken Canadians got together, had a ton of beer, and was like, ah, it's called Toonie. Uh, what the hell, eh? Like, it, it's just, that's pretty much how it ended off. So, I mean, everything I know about Canada comes from Weaker Than songs, so. Ah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good yeah. sum up. Just, you know, she just, just go into, like, Spotify or whatever, listen to a bunch of tragically hip albums. Yeah, that too, yeah. And Gordani. that's pretty much your, your Canadian history lesson yeah. for the for the lifetime. Everything by Gordani. So, I, yeah, Canada doesn't have, like, a history, like, in fourth grade or whatever you do when you're 10 do you have to take like ottawa history that's a place ottawa is a city that's a place where i live in canada yeah ottawa is the city um aha so you get like canadian history it is in ontario um you get canadian history and then they teach you all about like uh, the the colonies and upper canada and lower canada and how they came together and all this nonsense do you know who christopher columbus is uh isn't he the guy that came from spain and then did all the bad stuff to all the natives Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, we, we, we get we get oddly enough a lot of American history on top of the Canadian history because we don't get any of y'all's history. <laughs> yeah, it's it's better off that way. It's, it's a lot of fur trading. We learn about the, the French and Indian War. Yeah, like there, there's there's a lot. Of, the the big thing in Canada when you when you're growing up for history is when they get into the War of eighteen twelve and. If you have a good history teacher, they kind of explain Canada's role in the War of 1812. If you have a garbage history teacher, it's just like, yeah, so that's when Canada kicked America's (laughs) And it's not quite the story you should be telling kids because nowadays they get on the interwebs and then they start spouting off on forums. It's just a big old sticky mess. Uh, So, fun fact about the War of 1812. uh, When I was in... Uh, I guess dual, what, pre-AP? I don't know. Advanced 11th grade history. Uh, and we would do, like, after-school quiz nights for extra credit. I think they were after-school. Yeah. Anyway, I would always answer the War of 1812. That was the only answer. I don't, honestly, I think later on I learned, isn't that the war that wasn't supposed to happen? Like, a text message would have solved it, but they didn't have texting? <laughs> Something right? like, the War of 1812 was, um, America had already gotten its independence from Britain, and mm-hmm. they, they were high on the hog, and they're like, you know what else would be nice on top of America? Canada. Some of that Canada land. <laughs> And uh, they started coming up. Uh, one of the big battlefronts was Niagara Falls up in Clifton Hill there. Uh, and they, they wanted to annex Canada into the American fold. And the the, the colonists that were British but were, were Canadian by, by place of birth, you know, say it how it is, however you want. Uh, they're like, nah, man, uh, you're good. you guys are good down there. Uh, we're just going to stay up here and do our own thing. Uh, don't cross that line. Don't you cross that line. And, of course, people were crossing the line, and, and that didn't go over well. Um, one of the things that kicked it off was, I think it was, uh, was it Washington on patrol? And there was, like, a minor skirmish that just kicked off the whole the whole. Sh- I think so. It, 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 I, I think it was Washington that was that was just on patrol. Like, it, it was just, uh, we're just, you know, walking through, making sure everything's good. Uh, and then Britain got involved. Like, the big war was with Britain. Like, the War of 1812 is essentially with Britain. And Canada, as one of Britain's colonies, played a, played its part up here. But there was, like, a whole naval war going on. Like, it's... The Canadian aspect is us basically saying, no, uh, we're good doing our own thing. You guys... You guys do your own thing. Uh, we're going to do our own thing, and, and some people were more headstrong, saying, "No, you're going to do our thing too." And, uh, that, that's that, that's what it was. But again, if you, if you have a good history teacher, they, they kind of give you the nuance of it all. If you have a bad history teacher, it's like, "Yeah, man, we uh, we just be the Americans. It's great." And it, it well, just, just doesn't translate just a, well. Just a few points to make on that. Uh, 
Washington died in 1799. I just learned that from Google, uh, so it probably wasn't him. No, it's, uh, it's it's somebody of significant prominence, and, and, and I just don't have the name. And then and then this is also just for all you Canadian listeners out there, uh, the Wikipedia article of the War of 1812, the sentence that describes what it was, like the definition or whatever, what you would put on your note card if you were in history class, uh, is the War of 1812 was a conflict fought between the United States, the United Kingdom, and their respective allies. Yeah, Canada that's... is not mentioned. <laughs> no, because at the time, at, during 1812, Canada wasn't a country. Canada didn't, didn't exist. It, it, and it wouldn't exist for another 55 years. So it really was just a Y'all colony babies. Of, yeah, man. We, uh, you guys started in 1776, and we started yep. in 1867. Huh. I mean, that's older than Australia. Anyway, have you, have you guys thought about... Uh, Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope in a while. I hear <laughs> great things about that movie. Is that so? Because I want you to know this conversation started there <laughs> and just ended the War of 1812. It's fitting. So There's... that is a war. That is a war that happened in a galaxy, uh, but not the Star Wars. It happened way more recently. Uh, yes. <laughs> way... Just, I mean, just I a, long a long time ago. ago a long, a, long time is ago. a relative. A long time ago could have been like like. George could have been referring to like 1960. You know, you know as as a kid reading that cue card of of, of it, it wasn't even the galaxy far far away. It was a long long time ago, and I'm like, so 1960s, right? Not 1950. What what's a long time ago in this movie? Right, that seems awfully relative. <laughs> I remember asking my grandfather, I'm like, how long ago did we have lasers and, and force powers right. and lightsabers? Where was Long I? enough for us to not have any of the technology anymore and for it all to have been forgotten after some long dead conflict that we haven't quite gotten to in the Star Wars universe yet. Mm, true. Galaxy ending conflict. Also not in our galaxy from what I understand. Just uh, the one far, far away. Well, I mean, you can safely yeah. assume that life on Earth was seeded from some Star Wars era, you know, technology. Is that how they built the pyramids? I believe so. That's what I'm led to believe, is that, that panspermia is entirely because of Star Wars. Gotcha. You know what? I'm willing to get on Twitter and just start announcing that. <laughs> Hashtag pyramids. Star Wars is panspermia. That, that all life on Earth is seeded from George Lucas. <laughs> he's the only one who knows. He's got the journal of the wills. Right. Uh, like He, he is the, the reason, Illuminati. Right. Like, the reason you hate the prequels is because... That's just how it was, man. Like it's not like it's not like he could write a story that was good. He's just telling you what happened, right? I'm not here to make it good. I'm just here to let you know what happened, man. That's all. It's a 100% factual <laughs> documentary. Right. He couldn't control the actor problem. <laughs> Apparently Carrie Fisher can control herself either. So it's all yeah. relative in context. <laughs> Oh man! It it can't be oh. about a real story though because it does not have Tom Hanks in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's still one more movie and, and countless spinoffs, oh. so you, you got God. time. Yeah, one He's... more gospel. Well, announced gospel. Yeah, well, I think Ryan Johnson has already said he wants to do his own trilogy outside of the Vader saga. Uh, sure, why not? Everybody gets their own trilogy. Right. You get a Star Wars you, you movie. You get a trilogy. You get a, Star you get a trilogy. <laughs> I mean, if you're Disney, right, and like you have J.J. Abrams coming up to you, being like, "I want to make three Star Wars movies," but, like, but not the middle. One. Are you like, I want somebody else to do the middle right. one? <laughs> right. But if you like, if you're Disney, are you like, I don't know, man. Like, those don't typically make way more than they cost, and you're not one of the best directors of our time, and I don't, you know, we don't have endless funding. I don't know if this is the best idea. I don't, you're I like, don't know. You're immediately like, of course, JJ, you can do literally like, JJ, whatever JJ, on one you hand, want. you wrote season one of Lost. On the other hand, you wrote season four of Lost. Which... You did not write season which four Which JJ of Lost, are we getting here? Strike. Right. Well, the problem with JJ Abrams is that he did a really good job setting up, like, mystery and mysticism and stuff. 
and then has a really bad job of like resolving it and making it of properly finishing yeah, his tie-ups are, are not very good yeah i tried to watch alias and it was good for like five seasons and then it was just terrible isn't that how dexter was don't talk about dexter don't start just don't <laughs> couldn't get into it it was the, actually, it was actually the worst no ending idea. of any tv show ever i have I've never seen the last season because I heard about the ending. I'm just like, you know what? I'm good. It's I'll, I'll just stay it's over here. reprehensible. Yep. I'm going to just end on a high note and call it a day. That's how I am with Marley and me. Like it ends when they move to Philadelphia. Right? I've never watched a single second of Marley and me. I'm crying thinking about it. I've, I've never watched a single second of it. I don't want to do that to myself. I was fibbing a minute ago. <laughs> I, I figure why go out of your way to make yourself feel miserable like that? Because man, that dog is so cute. It's like, hey, come spend your money. Cry for an hour and a half. <laughs> So, are movie ticket prices outrageous in Canada? You seem upset about movie ticket prices. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I'm indifferent to movie ticket prices. My, my big hang-up with, with the Ready Player One fiasco was that um, it was a mix-up in the electronic box office that denied us the uh, opening night for Ready Player One. Um, movie ticket, they're, they're not bad, so <clears throat> I can't remember quite where the exchange rate is between our money, uh, but a movie ticket for me is around, I don't want to say $15, so... Whoa. I think it comes down, if, if it was American, it comes down to like, oh, let's just say 10 bucks. Okay, that's not as bad. Yeah, I, I, I don't think our Canadian exchange Canadian dollars rates, is 11.73. Yeah, okay, so roughly 10 bucks. No, it's not unreasonable. Um, you're going to want to bring a big jar of lube if you want to buy a bag of popcorn, though, because you're getting f- when you go to buy a bag of popcorn. Oh, that's the but, same here. Yeah, but aside from that, it's 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 not, like, terrible. Like, there are <laughs> theaters you can go to that's, like, you're paying huge dollars to go. But those are, like, the theaters where you can sit down and there's waiters and waitresses that bring you, like, a beer or whatever you want from the restaurant. It's 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 those theaters. So Everything Ethan else. has those theaters. I go to an antique theater that's 100 years old, and the tickets cost $9, and the popcorn costs $2, and it's amazing. I, don't I like, love it. It's the best thing I don't thing like popcorn world. that Granted, much, it's 100 and I years have old, movie pass. And so it's, it's a well, win-win-win. I'm, I'm glad there's one theater left in the world that doesn't like see it coming and then just start to salivate as you walk through the door. That's nice. That's nice that you yeah. have that one. It's. I mean, it's and it's like part of the historical society. Like it, it has no business showing some of the newer fancy movies that it shows because it just doesn't have the sound system for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I go anyway because it's. I watched it's such a good my place first movie with Dolby Atmos this weekend. It was, was it awesome? awesome. That's the new sound system where they can move sound all over the theater, including the ceiling and the floor. That sounds it amazing. It was amazing. It doesn't seem like that's like a breakthrough. Like it seems like somebody in the past hundred years would have been like, you know what? What if we? I know we're doing this surround thing. What if we put speakers up and down too? <laughs> Well, now they have them, and there's one theater in Hampton Roads yeah. that has it. In one, one theater in one, like, movie cinema. I can't think of anywhere out in the Ottawa region that would have something like that. And there, there very well could be, but I don't think we have anything like that in Ottawa. They got a couple of those in Toronto. So is Ottawa not, like, a big city? Canada's, like, empty, right? There's, like, not that many people, and it's a gigantic country. Uh, I think our development land ratio is 15%, I, th- I think, is where our population sits in the country. Like, 15% of the land is populated. Right. Yeah, Canada um, has 36 million people as of 2016. Yeah. We have a third of that in New York. Yeah, you are you are tight. Yeah, we're we're literally um, ten times that. No, they uh, they uh, are tight. <laughs> <laughs> Ottawa Ottawa is significantly smaller than Toronto. Um, Toronto is Toronto's amalgamated a lot of the the uh, the area around it in, under its under its umbrella and as the mega city. Yeah, and then you have the Greater Toronto area around that that feeds it a nonstop stream of people. Uh, so that's like that's, that's like Hamilton that's like, and Kingston, right? 
stuff like that. Yeah, that that's part of yeah. Uh, Kingston's not part of the GTA, okay. but Hamilton's part of the okay. GTA. Kingston is between Toronto and okay. Ottawa. Like if you're driving down the Ooh. highway from Toronto to Ottawa, you hit Kingston right pretty much dab in the middle. I've been to Kingston. That's the one place in Canada I've been. As long as we're sharing more fun facts about Canada, uh, the life expectancy in Canada is four years better than that of America, which is just an interesting fact for you. It may have something to do with the fact that we can't just go and get a gun. I don't think that's it. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Neither do I. It's probably got a little bit to do with free health care like, and a little bit to do with unlimited space. Uh, the, the space is nice, but the health care is, I mean, you pay for your health care. It's, it's not free, but it's, it's free-ish. You, you pay for it through pretty high taxes. But again, again, I'd rather pay higher taxes and just be like, yep, totally need to have this leg sewn back on and walk out of the hospital with not too much of a bill. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm not sure I have an opinion on this, so I don't know if I can wait. But there's, there's lots of reasons uh, why, I'm sure, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's also just a lot less people. I Yeah, I've, I've spent, like, I've, I've been in uh, the States a, a bunch of times for work and all that jazz. Uh, there's a lot of stuff I like down there that I that I would prefer, uh, but there's a lot of stuff up here that I like to have just to, like, a, a lot of, like, the social programs in Canada really are just safety nets that um, sometimes you, you don't even get to, even if you need the you don't necessarily get them you have to do a little bit of a song and tap dance but it's six of one half a dozen the other i've 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 kind of lived on both sides of the border so i'm i'm fine either way yeah i mean at the end of the day there's you know free speech and the average life expectancy is more than 70 years instead of you know like 40 and uh we you know, fast internet connections and we can produce a podcast and say whatever we want and that's yeah. pretty cool yeah exactly <laughs> it exactly it doesn't necessarily <laughs> suck to be from either place compared to how much it could suck um right oh no there there's an isle of suck like right across the ocean which one I'm pretty, pretty sure if you go either way. It's true. You can go to Swaziland where the average life expectancy is 47 Good years. Lord. I have to, I have said this on the podcast before that I feel some weird compulsion to live in rural Canada. It's like it calls to me. So I, I live in rural Canada. It, it, I mean, it's, it's rural rural in North America, man. It's houses, farms, houses, farms, houses, how, farms. How romanticized is it by, the, by Gord Downey? Um... How much? How many lies know. does he tell about how great it is to live in Canada? The man was like Canadian, a hundred percent. The man couldn't have been happier. Like if you watch an interview with him, he is—he wants nothing more than to be a Canadian. That's it. That's—that was it. If he didn't make it big, he was just happy being a Canadian. Uh, that being said, uh, there there are some stuff where a, a lot of his his music is like gives a nice soft mellow tone to some pretty tragic stuff that happened up here. Uh, but I, I think it's pretty pretty on point by a man that that bleeds the flag. Does everyone play hockey? Uh, at some point in time in your life, every Canadian plays hockey. Yeah, but like not necessarily well and or on ice. <laughs> Did you play hockey? I did not. Uh, hockey was for families that had things like money. Uh, we did not. So Carrie played soccer. But oh, fun. That is, no. That is still I, the way it is in the States game. as well. Yeah, it's it's hockey. Hockey up here, every, everybody, I guess, will watch hockey or can sit down and watch a hockey game. But uh, for the most part, I think with with a lot of like new immigrants coming in, like hockey is still very prominent, but you can see it's starting to to show cracks in its wear. You know, a, lo- a lot of like, like, like soccer is really starting to get a lot heavy like a bigger heavier presence up here so um 50 60 years from now i'm not sure it'll be the same game you a big senators fan i could give a rat <laughs> about any hockey team i really <laughs> don't give a <laughs> like, do you follow any sports do you follow like american football uh i used to in high school i used to be a big buccaneers fan interesting the bucks yeah man, i i don't know man i just i I, I guess it was, I, I used to go to a friend's house, and his dad always used to watch the Buccaneers, so I just started watching the Buccaneers, man. Man, it's, it's to hard to find you. Bucks fans anywhere in the States. <laughs> uh, 
I you can go to Tampa. <laughs> I no I, Bucks ha- fans. I haven't seen I haven't actually sat down and watched an NFL game outside of maybe the Super Bowl in in ages, man. Like I, I just I I don't have time to sit down and watch sports. I, I just I'm I'm a pretty busy dude to begin with. I would just assume watch something. Fair else. enough. Yeah, sport watching sports was never anything that I got into. I, I played a lot of sports, but I I never uh, watching it was just not as fun for me. Care, what do you look like? I imagine you're bald and have a beard. Uh pretty pretty fine guest there. I am bald and I do have a beard. Yeah, but that's just from your graphic that you have on your Twitter app. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um I'm I'm a pretty big dude, I guess. Uh, I've um I used to do a lot of powerlifting. Um play a lot of football. I used to play semi semi professional football in Canada means you're you're no, you're you're nowhere near the NFL and and cuz we have the CFL so you're relatively close to that. Um, that's I just look like a big bald guy with a giant beard and and probably bigger eyebrows than they really should be. I really should take some time to trim those bad boys back down, but uh, that's just a just a white dude with a ridiculous beard. Okay, that's about exactly what I pictured. So that's I'm glad I to just hear pictured that. Gord Downey with a beard. Uh, no, yeah. no, no, no. You, you can't picture Gord Downey with a beard. <laughs> the man's a national hero. Ty has no idea who we're talking about. No, I no, not a clue. Is that like John Denver? Yeah, pretty much. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That that's kind of like a good uh, good comparison. He's like the Canadian John Mellencamp. Gotcha. He's the lead singer of a band that was like every every single one of their songs had everything and anything to do with Canada and their love for Canada or just like musical history lessons stuff like that. But he, he was he was he was a prominent musician in in Canada. Gotcha. 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 They were called the I Tragically think we Hit. Are... Gosh, that's so Canadian. I think we're. Uh, I think we yeah, need to wrap up. We are. We are there. Uh, do we have any final thoughts on the movie? Anything we missed? Anything we need to wrap back up? I mean, like every movie we review, this is an ongoing conversation, right? Like this is Star Wars: A New Hope. We could talk about nothing but Star Wars: A New Hope for two hours, or we could do a little of that and maybe a little War of eighteen twelve. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, what you get's what you get. You know, this isn't scripted. This is this is just what happens. <laughs> On bacon and eggs at TNE. I, I, th- uh, I think everybody's kind of watched A New Hope so much that I, I don't think there's. If, if you're listening to a podcast about A New Hope, you've seen A New Hope. You know what A New Hope's about. Uh, I don't think there's too much in the way of plot that you're really going to give away to anybody or that anybody really needs to know about. And and, and I feel like the the opinions are cemented. Like if we came in here and we were like, this movie's garbage. It is. People would just stop terrible. listening to the podcast. Uh, right. It'd be like, oh well, these <laughs> yeah. guys are just trying to trying to get a rise out of me, but they won't succeed. Unsub- so I think you know we could pretty well say that it's just amazing. Um, I, I think the big talking point about a new hope is the impact it would have left on any of us that saw it when we were younger, and, and, and how that made us feel, and what that kind of led for led, led for us to get into down the road with science fiction and, and, and just our overall passion for it. Agreed, for sure. So we we got to do a series rank. Well, we got to do a villain ranking. A series ranking. A we got to put it on the bacon and eggs big board, and we got to uh, give it a breakfast food. So let's Ooh, they do breakfast let's start food? with a start with a villain. How do we how do we feel about Darth in this movie? Oh, Darth isn't the villain. Who's the villain? Tarkin's the villain. Tarkin is by far the know. villain. I, I would say that Tarkin, uh, compared to Vader, I mean Tarkin's the one in charge of Vader, is he not? Like he's in, so- in the rank and scale of things. Here's my understanding, is that Tarkin... I'm going to get as much Game of Thrones knowledge as I can out of this. Is that the Emperor commands Tarkin, but then you've got Vader, who's sort of the hand of the king. Yeah. Does that's, this make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's, that's a good I, way to look yeah, like, That's a solid analogy, sure. Yeah, yeah. well, he's he's like... I guess it's it's almost more clear in, in the newer ones with General Hux and Kylo and Snoke. And right. those are their, like, direct kind of... 
That, so Tarkin, Tarkin's Rolls. in charge of Starkiller Base. Of Death yeah. Star. Tarkin's in charge of Death Star. <laughs> I got myself confused. Starkiller Base. I, I stopped there and went, what? <laughs> Tarkin is in charge of the Death Star. He made Star. it? Because he took it from Krennic. You made this, I yeah. made this. I made this. <laughs> this is mine now. <laughs> okay, so, so... It's kind of the exact plot of Ready Player One. What do you too. think about Grand Moff <laughs> Tarkin, then? I love him. I, 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 I think he's, he's a solid bad guy. He's a solid... If, if you remove Vader out of the equation, he's, he's solid. Yeah, he blows up a whole planet. Like, in front of its princess. Just Yeah, just to yeah. prove a point. Well, they both did yeah. that. That's insane. Not Alderaan. They didn't both blow up Alderaan. Who? Vader was there. Yes, he was. But anyway, he blows up a planet. So, on a scale of between Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face and Heath Ledger as the Joker, where where does Grand Moff Tarkin fall? That's our villain scale, by the way. For for worst uh, vi- and best villain of all time. I, I would say he's up. He's pretty close to uh, he's pretty close to the Joker. Yeah, I'd give him like an eight. I can agree with that. I can get down with that. Yeah. Okay, so where does this fall on our Star Wars ranking? Currently, uh, from the bottom up, I believe is it's Phantom Menace, Rogue One, Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith, and then The Last Jedi. This is better than The Last Jedi. I would Jedi. agree with that. Definitely better than The Last Jedi. Yeah, okay, Fair that enough. was easy enough. I, I, yeah, no, no questions there. Cool. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not... On, on to the big board. This is the real question. It's Do I need list. the list from the bottom up? All 27? <laughs> no, you don't. In fact, I think you can. You, I think it's between this, Back to the Future, and Monty Python. I don't think any of the Marvel movies are in contention. No. This is I better than this is better than Back to the Future. Okay, so it's between Monty Python and. I mean, l- let me Big put Tom. it this way. Let me put it this way. It is not. It is not <laughs> the best movie of all time. I think it is the most timeless movie of all time. I, I would uh, agree Monty with Python's that simply really because uh, just 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 the effect it would have had on on me or us as as kids. I would give it more than Monty Python. Well, and it's like somebody's like, oh, I've never seen Star. Wars, and you have the Ted Mosby reaction. You're like, what? You've never seen Star Wars? <laughs> what do you mean? But like, I yeah, I feel like Monty Python is almost like a cult thing. But Star Wars is like, what do you mean? Everyone has seen Star Wars. Wars, and even like Star Wars, like Disney made Star Wars accessible for everybody again when they were like, yeah, all that other canon is just, it's just not. You just have yeah, to see Star the Wars now. is just <laughs> Star Wars, man. It's so I think we can safely put it near the top. Or at the top. So you think this is the best movie we've ever reviewed? I think so. Carrie, is there a Marvel movie that stands out in your mind that might be better than this? Absolutely not. Uh, no, okay. there's not a single Marvel movie that I would put anywhere close to A New Hope. There's, uh, like, like I said, the, the, the effect it would have on me, if, if I was to rank like my number one movies, uh, I would have to sit down and come up with a reason. Uh, I, I guess maybe I liked Empire a little bit more than Hope, but I, I would be hard-pressed to come up with anything that would beat them in, in, in my in my list of movies. Yeah, I mean, this is in my list of top ten favorite movies of all time. This is my number one, um, at least last reported, which was like three weeks ago. So Has that changed since um, you just watched this? Okay. No, but next week it might change. Okay. But by <laughs> all accounts sense. from pretty much everybody who's seen them recently, Empire is a better movie. Yeah, but like... We asked our Facebook group what their Star Wars rankings were. And Carrie, our Facebook group is made up of people who are considerably younger than us, so therefore younger than you. And a lot of them, I was so shocked, had like Revenge of the Sith as their favorite Star Wars movie. I don't know how I feel. A lot of them had Return of the Jedi as their favorite as well. Yeah, and it was almost like it was like shocking, but it was also like I mean that's the new generation, you know. That's that's what they want. Yeah, I guess from like a special effects, flashy, flashy, noisy, noisy standpoint, sure, I can kind of get that. Uh, But I mean, I'm not sure. I I would go that way. Well. And I was, I wanted to make a quick point on the Marvel thing, and I've talked about this a few times. I'm curious as to how, like, my children will react. Like, will my kids like Iron Man 2008 better than A New Hope 1977? And I just don't know the answer to that question. You gotta have kids first. Like, no, they gotta fair. get born first. I, <laughs> right. 
Right, I know. Like, I'm going to have daughters, and they're going to be like, well, I guess any kid can be into anything. I want to make that clear. But I want kids that are into, like, My Little Pony and... Let's say like Mean that. Girls is the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> right. It's like, well, I guess that's... I guess that's what we're doing with my life now. So. Fair enough. We need a breakfast food. Here I am. This is my life now. What, Katie, you have a breakfast, what breakfast food, food would you give? Do I have a breakfast food? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm kind of like a steak and eggs kind of guy. And, and in, in, in the world of my existence, uh, the new hope would be my breakfast steak. I'm so surprised. I... You said steak and eggs, and I was like, this is bacon and eggs. This is what movies are. This is what breakfast is. This is the podcast. It all is about this. <laughs> bacon and eggs. But steak and eggs, I guess the steak and eggs, what they do for breakfast in, in Great White North. Uh, they, well, yeah, they do up here. There, there's a lot of cattle farmers. Is it not like, do you not eat poutine for every meal? That's a French Canadian <laughs> thing. I'm not even going <laughs> to... You don't have another two is hours it, to go down that road. Is it Tim Horton, Tim Horton's <laughs> coffee? Is that is that what this is? <laughs> Listen, that <laughs> is a staple. All right, my yeah, day doesn't go Tim's. anywhere until I get that cup. Roll up the rim. Oh, that's over. Oh Got to wait another couple months for that. It happens like every couple months, right? That's not, I'm not crazy about that. Like, I think I think they do it like twice yeah. a year. It feels like they do it twice a year. Fair enough. I just like I know nothing about Canada. Like I said, everything I know about Canada comes from songs and watching hockey. Tim Hortons. And and. Ha- <laughs> I was going to say, you, you nailed Tim Hortons pretty good. I mean, I pick up on stuff. Is that like their Starbucks? Do you all not have Starbucks? We we have, st- our Tim Hortons is like your Dunkin' Donuts. No, no, it's not. If it's that important to you, it's no, not. Because you can get like, you can get like. <laughs> but it's, it's like that <laughs> massive chain coffee and donut shop. I thought you got like full meals. At oh, Tim they do Hortons. donuts? You can get like a soup and sandwich. Okay, or, so yeah, like, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. That's like Panera to me. Panera is not known for its coffee. That's true. There are better places to get. Actually, McDonald's coffee up here is actually better than Tim Hortons coffee. Yeah, isn't Tim Hortons coffee McDonald's terrible? Coffee like, is isn't garbage. that a thing? It's just, it's what you drink? It's, yeah, well, it was like that for a little while, but then McDonald's came around and I, I the story that I heard was that McDonald's bought the, the bean, the beans of Tim Hortons. Like they went to the distributor and like, yeah, you're our bean supplier now. <laughs> and so Tim Hortons had to go to another and they supplier. Were like, Listen, J.J. Abrams, we'll give you three movies. Do whatever you want. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the golden arches come in and things change. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, but that is, it's it's not it's not great coffee. It's coffee people drink. That's that's pretty much Fair it, man. Enough. It's you're better off to make your own coffee. Well, there we go. Home. Steak and eggs for for a new hope. I can live with that. I think it's bacon and eggs. But we okay. can't ever, we can't ever give well. bacon and eggs to a movie. I think you can no, do you a can't, new hope. Because we're going to beat a new hope one day. I I think there is only one potential movie that could beat it. Yeah, well, you and I have different views. <laughs> yes. I don't know, man. You're going to be like 2001 A Space No, Oz. that movie sucks. Are you kidding me? That is the most boring <laughs> movie. Okay, I love movies about space. I love movies about, like realistic space travel like i love them they're my favorite 2001 was pretty realistic that's what i'm though. saying is i love those movies i love every movie based on 2001 it's just f-ing boring you, you don't when you watch 2001 you don't feel like tense when you're outside in the vacuum of space and there's no noise you can't you, you don't feel that no tension i feel like i've been there. watching a movie for 16 hours <laughs> okay I feel like when I was eight and I went I thought, to the movie theater to see Gods and Generals and it had an intermission. Yeah, I, I felt the tension. I don't know. It's not a bad movie. It's just not my favorite thing in the world. Oh, it's, it's far from my favorite. It's it, But yeah. it's it, it's a movie that I can enjoy maybe but once a year. I'm not going to say it's better than New Hope. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. no. It's, it's yeah. nowhere close. Fair enough. Hey, what do we do now? Do we I sign off? So. What, Carrie, what's next for Carrie? Well, how's Nerdium going? Uh, we got the review coming up for... Uh, Pacific Rim 2. Eventually, we'll, we'll be posting our review for Ready Player One once we get that snafu worked out. Uh, we got a, we're we going to be doing a big table discussion with a couple of other guys. 
about uh, where where Marvel's going, what we want to see, what we want to have happen, and then uh, we'll see where it goes from there. You typically Matt and I are sitting down trying to bash our heads together, trying to come up with ideas that aren't too too repetitive. I mean, there's only so many times you can talk about video games or TV shows before people are looking at you going, "That was a really nice one trick pony you got there, Carrie." But can you move on, please? So. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, <laughs> yeah, we we reviewed 18 Marvel movies in a row. <laughs> well, we 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 uh, I think some of our episodes that that people like the most have been our movie reviews. So, mm-hmm. but we we try to like go out a little bit further than that. I know um, Matt and I are, are extremely busy, so we have a hard time sitting down and watching a movie at any given given moment. But uh, that's, that's where we are now, just trying to to get things going. We're still uh, we're still pretty new. I think we only have like five or six episodes out there, and uh, I know one due to technical issues. Is practically unlistenable so uh, i think it's the star trek one where it sounds like we're underwater in a tube and it's nothing but my ba- it sounds like the base of my voice has been cranked to 10 so it was a it was a unique lesson in uh, audio engineering for matt yeah we've come across <laughs> some of those yeah our, our first episode on iron man is, it's is all yeah it's mixed bad wrong. he's really loud i'm really quiet and i went and listened to it the other day and it's just awful yeah, we're, did did you do a pilot before you launched that like never made it onto the airwaves? We um we tried we we had sat down at one point in time and then tried to talk for a little while and just blankly stared at each other for like fifteen twenty minutes. We're like, okay, uh, break and regroup. Uh, yeah, we we uh before it was like any sort of film review, we had a we were just gonna do like a two dudes talking kind of we'll see where the conversation takes us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it turns out if you're not like a professional host and do that all the time. Uh, the conversation takes you absolutely nowhere, and it's lame and not good. Uh, so we trashed that and regrouped with with movie reviews. Oh, it's 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 good. I know. Uh, I know. I've listened to a bunch of your stuff. I know Ethan has exceptional taste in movies. I do my best. Uh, <laughs> but what are you trying to say? I'm I'm, I'm just saying that that uh, I, I was raised in a very uh, Turner classic movie, uh, uh, not household so much as my grandfather just made sure that I sat down and watched them all. So oh, I was legitimately I to... raised in a Turner classic movie household where we sat down on Saturday yeah. nights and watched Robert Osborne tell us about the essentials. Yeah, right. So like I I used to sit down and watch all the essentials. Yeah. I mean I have some really good memories with my granddad watching those movies. So I gotta I'm just kind of passing Ian that little puck there to say it was you know just good to hear some of the movies that if I, if if I tell somebody if somebody asked me how to spell my name I'm like oh yeah it's it's just spelled like Cary Grant. They, oh. There's a certain age group that'll be like oh Cary Grant yeah absolutely. Brings a tear. Brings uh, a joy that to my age heart. group is pretty pretty much dead now. And then the rest of the people are like who? I'm like yep. yeah. Yeah, I, I would. Oh, not I love Cary. Cary Grant's yep. like one of my top five actors of all time, legitimately. <laughs> <laughs> my, my ultimate goal for and me it, to get on the podcast as a guest is Ben Mankiewicz. He uh, my be because of my mother's uh, great love and affection for Cary Grant is is how I got my name. That's awesome. That's so cool. She she saw that name on a guy and thought that that was just the cat's ass and, and she also had a thing for Cary Grant and his chin and that was that was my destiny from there on Did you out. just say the cat's <laughs> Do you guys not say the cat's no. It's cat's pajamas. Oh, okay, oh fine, God. whatever. so many things during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> Well, Carrie, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, my pleasure, guys. It was a blast. Oh. I, so you can uh, you can hunt us down at uh, at Nerdium Podcast on Twitter. Uh, if you got some sort of bone to pick with me or want to uh, hook up with me, you can find me uh, at the Big Bald Nerd on Twitter. 
Uh, you can find our podcast on Podbean. I think we're still on Stitcher, uh, iTunes. We're all we're all over the place. Just type in Nerdium Podcast, and you'll you'll get the full run on Facebook and Instagram and all that sort Unless of stuff. Unless you actively did something to remove yourself from Stitcher, you're probably still there. Yeah, then there you are. We're probably hiding out somewhere. <laughs> you're also on Overcast. I, that's where I listen to your show. Ah, there you go. Yeah, you're on Overcast. about twenty I, different directories just from iTunes alone. So, the, <laughs> Matt Matt is actually uh, our guy that handles all that kind of stuff because. Uh, I seem to have giant sausages for hands, and technology doesn't always work for me. So he uh, he takes no. care of all that kind of stuff for us. <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't dare say that sometimes technology is a challenge. No, no, no. It, it was just so easy to connect this time around. I was surprised there right. wasn't any snafus anywhere. <laughs> like like a Skype phone call. I cannot imagine. <laughs> couldn't 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 imagine anything going wrong at at like the last oh minute. <laughs> right. And starting, uh, like, starting yesterday. <laughs> right. Well, well, it all worked out in the end. Absolutely, guys. And, and again, thank you for having me on, guys. It, w- it was a blast to finally get a chance to talk to you guys and be yeah, on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, this was, this was amazingly yeah. fun. Sometimes we haven't had a bad experience with it yet, but sometimes I worry when we, you know, work with somebody that we don't have, like, a long-standing personal relationship with that it's going to just be a dumpster fire. And, uh, yeah, it, it still didn't hasn't happened. happened still yet. Hasn't Knock happened. some wood. So, oh, yeah. you guys are due. It's yeah, coming. We'll, it's coming we'll have for a bad you. Guest, I'm sure. Oh, I'm but. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find us on Twitter at Bacon and Eggs 23, or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at AmeriCarlin. That's America, not Canada, but America, R L I N. Uh, and you can find Ethan at on, on Instagram and Twitter at wownow. That's W-0-W-N-0-W, so the O's are zeros. Uh, you can also join our Patreon. Uh, we have a ton of awesome reward perks set up over there. It's at baconandeggs.com slash Patreon. But if you love the show and don't want to spend any money, that's totally fine as well. We also have a Facebook group that is free for everyone forever. And it's a really, really great community over there. And we interact with both just pretty much equally. Um, we had so much fun this week. All the links to Kerry and all of his stuff are going to be down there in the doobly-doo. Um, uh, and uh, next next week we'll be covering M- Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, come, so. come listen to that. It'll be fun. Go watch that. Uh, yeah. And until next week. Do I did I miss it? Arrivederci. A new hope. Yeah.